So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique of Pandemic Crime. Rukal Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And today we have two shows, two TV shows, I should say, and two movies to talk about, right? Yeah. Two TV shows in question uh, True Detective, um, Night Country, which, um, right. I don't know, in my head, I didn't think was going to wrap up at that certain point. Like, I, I thought we were going thought, to go I, to yeah, eight I thought, episodes. I, I was expecting. I was expected eight episodes. So I was like, oh, six, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. So, so when I, I when I yeah, went on my Facebook feed, um, d- you know, um, last week, like last month, you're there about, I didn't want, you know, season finale drew the most right, crowds right. and all that kind of stuff in HBO history. I'm like, wait, what? Done? No, because so, I, I, I just to keep up with it. I was telling myself I was just gonna watch two at a time uh-huh. instead. But then I, I, when I saw, I watch, I watch episode one. And then I'll say, I'll, I'll tell myself, all right, I'll watch two and three. Then when four and five count, I'll watch out, I'll watch that out. But then when I saw at the end of five, it's like, oh, next week is the finale. Like, oh, oh shit, okay. Yeah, well, well <laughs> what, what, what I did as, as a result, I just watched, I binged all five. And then I just watched the finale um, by itself the following day. And it's a great thing I did that right. too, Herb, so I'll get right. to that in a bit, right? Um, also, we will talk about Avatar, The Last Airbender, which is sure. um, the highly anticipated live action adaptation, I should say series adaptation, of the beloved uh, TV show of the same name, Avatar The Last Airbender, right? As far right, as right, movies right. go, I will talk about Best Picture nominee, The Zone of Interest. This is the newest sure. film from Jonathan Glazer. And we'll talk about a movie that um, uh, I just wish came out theatrically. Even if it was just in early January for like about um, a week or so, The Iron right. Claw. I was like... Right. Yeah, like I had to wait for this to come out digitally, man. But I would have loved to see this on big screen, right? But um, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so I could well, I could probably do a quick review of because I did went and see it. Uh, <laughs> one love. Oh, one love. Oh, actually, I would yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on 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 one love, right? So it's a good it's a good fucking thing I I do it with you because that <laughs> would have pissed me off. It's a good thing because yeah. Uh wait, like this. If this wasn't Bob Marley. And it was somebody who was smaller or smaller thing. I would be like, yeah, what the hell is this? This is a waste of my time. Oh, it's, wow. My main problem, uh, just quick thing, it's a quick review, but my main problem with it is that, yeah, we we 20 years out from goddamn Rage, right? And yeah. you're doing, still doing this lazy, just lazy bullshit, this approach, right? it can, I thought this was terrible. Like, it was just really half-assed. And especially with the other movie coming up that does a really, like, great in-depth of a, of a person's life uh, with, with the Iron Claw. I like, yeah, this real half hour. So, like, why did it? It really feel like they run out of time and or money. And they say, all right, let's like, wrap it up quick, quick, kind of thing. Yeah, this, I uh, can't be for saying it, it's even worse than the Queen movie, Dread. Yeah, this was kind of bad. It's probably going to make more worse of a year. Oh, wow. Terms, like, really? Yeah, no, like, it was like, why they do it like this? So, they just make it so lazy and, and kind of crappy. Like, and it's not the worst thing ever. It's not like complete garbage in the trash kind of thing. But, like, huh. again, the 20 years from Rage, like, yeah, li- on, literally Dredd. 20 years, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, about yes. 20 years from Rage, it's like, come on, Dredd. This is like, well, you can't be serious coming with this nonsense at this point. It it really does half, really half ass. Again, I, I, explanation, I showed the explanation behind this that they run out of money. That's the only explanation. <laughs> Everything else is like, 
yeah, they they have to run out of money. That's the only explanation behind this. But yeah, this this was a problem for me, George. Pretty um, bad. What 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 about what about be, what about the like, acting? If, what what about the acting at least from no, like, from from King Sunya okay, and so Lashana? The problem is the problem is that okay. So um, what's her name? Who played Rita Marlino? She was fine. Um, Lashana, 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 right? She was fine, but um, the, my boy, I thought he was bad. Uh, mostly because Kingsley, the, the Jamaican. Mm. Yeah, Kingsley was bad because the Jamaican accent was jarring. You're, you're like, you're hearing <laughs> Jamaican accent. Are they hearing him? I'm like, yeah, you trying to do accent. I'm like, yeah, you could have practiced that a little better. Though. Like, mm. I don't know. I was just thinking about it. It was, it was kind of, like, again, this is not the worst thing ever. But it feel like it feel like something you, they should have put on, on Netflix or HBO or something like that. Like, this, this shouldn't need, need to be in theaters. It don't need to be. And yeah, I, yeah, I can't believe I was saying it. It was on the Queen movie because at least... With the Queen movie, Rami Malek is pretty good as Freddie Mercury. Like I can't knock that no. Like not perfect, but you know, still solid no. I don't know, boy. This rating, ugh, probably like like a four at best, or maybe a three, because it's like it had the problem is it have no excuse being like this. Like to me, it didn't have an excuse being like this in in this way. It's like yeah, half fast. They could have tell more of a story. You, you know, all I mentioned. I know I think I had a lot of behind the scenes drama with that no. So I get the feeling it's chopped up and edited in the sense of controlling the narrative about Bob Marley and the family and his his uh you know you know infidelity and so on. I, I yeah. get the feeling they wanted to jump around because of that. I suspect there's a lot of behind uh, behind the scenes editing because of that. So a lot of that undermined it in that way. Well uh yeah, kinda bad. Kinda hated it. <sighs> well I I, 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 I kinda sorta had a mind that you would not would not have enjoyed it, but I didn't think you would have flat out hated though. I just thought you would have been like yeah, no. wow, okay, like that this could have been so much was, better. Now, yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. It, to me, it was just kind of unacceptable it being like this. In terms of this, what they could have come and why. Like, they couldn't do, they couldn't really, really couldn't do the concert. They cut it there. Really? That, that's they what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Why? Really? The, the One Love concert stopped. Like, yeah, they just... could have do that. <laughs> that, could have be, that could have been the big hype of the film now. And yeah, and again, think, just like Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody with the Live Aid right. concert at the end. Exactly. Do that. At yes. least if they did that. And, it, and look, they get these songs, right? It's the music. Like, look, it's Bob Marley song. And really, listen, let me tell you something, man. As, as I said, if it was a musician I didn't know, I would really hate this. But it's like, yeah, I'll, I really like Bob Marley. It really relies on you liking Bob Marley music. Like, that's it. That's how it feels now. So it is, 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 poke those buttons now. Um, and it re, but it almost entirely relies on that. I like, look, Bob Marley, great musician. I ain't saying no, but you can't be doing that again. Is the queen thing all over again now? It really feel like the same thing, same problem. They control the narrative. People be the, the people are alive. They want you to like you know paint them in a bad light, and that's how it come across. And they don't want to paint Bob Marley narrative in a bad light. Uh, another thing that was frustrating is that all right, well if you're doing the political angle to it, then do that. Like that would have been interesting because yeah, Jamaica have a really you know interesting and fascinating political history around that time period. Now with with Manly and so on, so on, and uh, and Bob as a political figure, he was like you know re- regardless of if he wanted to or not, he was a political figure. You know in that sense, uh, they could have do that. Didn't do that. It it just I don't know. This was just I, yeah. I I hate using the word lazy because I don't get the feeling it's that. It's just it really felt like they wanted to push the best foot forward and then a lot of editing came after the fact of pull back and the pulling back happened. It's too much pulling back. Now. I don't know. I I, I do know set of research behind the scenes to find out who do what and who had who opinion and who opinion you know get into the final project. We'll probably learn that in a few years. A full proper narrative, but as of now, nothing. It, it just was just, it fell flat pretty bad for me. I don't know. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Mo- mo- moving on. But but I am glad that you checked it out. I am glad that you gave your opinion. Yeah. Um, And I just, re- again, just curious to see what other people, especially from the Caribbean, think about it, right? Um, You know, it's, uh, uh, especially, you know, with somebody, with, with a film based on such 
uh, a monumental figure like like Bob Marley, right? Right. So I'm gonna use this as a segue, right? Because again, it was either this or Madam Web, right? So sure. in today's episode of Machu, you put in real energy into this boy. I have to talk about this so-called controversy with Chris Stockman, right? Um, okay. And well, I, I don't follow him. I don't follow him personally. I mean, uh, I did. Well, I know what video you're talking about, and I did see it, but but that is only because the algorithm put it on me, and I, I was just kind of half asleep, you know, sitting down, and I was hearing it, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm doing something else. I ain't gonna change. I ain't gonna, you know, X out of the program to go and switch this. So mm-hmm. I decided to listen to what he had to say, and I'm like, all right, well. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, right. Oh, well, that, that uh, well, that's that's okay. That's okay, right? Um, in the process, I'm also gonna mention a recent video from another content creator. Um, that that sparked a lot of controversy as well too. That would be Anthony Fantano's um unreviewable one. That's the title that he gave his review. Um, uh, which was sort of a rant slash mini review of that new Kanye West and Tidal assigned record, Vultures One. Uh, which, which, by the way, I hated. I thought it was utter trash. Um, yeah. Out of all the records I picked to listen to during, you know, um, you you know, during my, my, my very enjoyable carnival weekend, I had to pick that shit, right? But you'll get to that yeah. later, later on, right? So this is more about Chris Tuckman more than Fantana. But Fantana will be an example of the point that I want to make with this, right? So keeping in mind, listeners, that this is not a critique of their videos, right? But it's the idea that their opinions, whether you agree with them or not, have to be poked at, like poke fun at and overanalyzed and heavily criticized, right? And in the process, you miss the point of what the creator is trying to say, right? Um, also, it's this weird perception that, you know, they are critics first and foremost, and their job is to talk about the movie or the music or the album, whatever it is, right? And nobody cares about what their personal opinion is on what's going on behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, nobody comes, you know, nobody tunes in for that. Everybody just wants to see a review and they just have to more or less subliminally tell you, yes, you're right in hating your film, you're right in loving your film, right? That That's that's their job apparently. Right. They can't do anything else but that, right? Another thing, here's the thing. Look, a lot of, a lot of art critic, people don't, don't get this. And it's shocking how a lot of people don't seem to get this part of it. Is a lot of art criticism is cultural criticism, yes. right? Mm-hmm. As in, you're, you're, not, you're not just trying to talk about the thing on its own, which you should do, and that's fine. And yes, I do think, I, have, I, do, I would have, may or may not have a problem if somebody, say, just gets their quote-unquote politics into it, whatever that means. But the point is that you have to make it. Yeah, you have to make an effort one way or the other. In the sense that you have to talk about other things that have nothing to do that supposedly have nothing to do with the thing. That's the thing. It, that's part of it anyway. So you have you can't get out of that. That is what a lot of people try to think is that well, it, it you know, but, but put it like this. Uh, is not art is not in a vacuum, right? You have to everything is context. So why it is that you just talk about the thing alone is fine. You could you could have a problem with um. What do you call it, boy? With with non sequiturs, but that is not what Fantano did. Fantano, what his criticism is to be very valid compared to the rest of to what he's trying to talk about as as the creator. Because the creator puts his own material into his idea. I mean, our old goddamn album called Jesus is King. So I mean, come on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like, you have to you have to talk about it in that sense. If you could say that, all right, they spent too much time on that, or they 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 didn't get to the review, whatever it is, fine. But like, look, you could you could say his opinion and say, look, this is not why I'm gonna do it. I I am I am of the I am of the country. My attitude towards this stuff is that I take I take the more 
just take away discretionary approach to this kind of stuff, aka, you know, I just don't, I just won't talk about it, right? I, I understand why you, you might want to talk about it or make a criticism, but I don't, I don't hate what Fantano did necessarily, you know, so I understand that. But then again, this, this one, the same one, you're dealing with people who are Kanye fans. Look, I, I can't call myself a modern Kanye fan in any meaningful sense, but I understand why you'd be a Kanye fan. Like, I, I, you know, I've been the old Kanye, right? We, we don't again. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 but, we both do, we both do, yeah. But, but, but Fantano, I, I do understand where you're coming from because it's like, well, yeah, Dicey time period, Dicey, he, he, material is a problematic area and you have to talk about it in that sense. It's a cultural criticism. You could, you could merge both. You could talk about both. There's nothing wrong about that. Um, as for Stockman, he also, again, I'm in the camp of saying whether well, you should just stay away from it because, again, I did not watch Madam Web. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to watch Madam Web until maybe the end of the year. Uh, you know, I have zero interest in it. They're not looking interesting. Probably going to be crap. I don't care. Right, because it, it the, the, those movies and, and the track record for those movies weren't good, and I don't expect Madam Web to be particularly like unique to that that whole discourse. Uh, so that's why I didn't worry to get engaged in it. I'm not gonna waste my time. Frankly, I have better things to do with my time. Don't care. I and I'm not even feeling to be part of the pylon with respect to that. So that's so I, I kind of do business, but with respect to um, to Stockman. With respect to Stockman, right? I just think he probably should have just drew, he should he probably just shouldn't have engaged in it because I'm not sure what he, he trying to do or engage with, with his arguments. Um, other than saying, well, you know, as a creator, you, know, you shouldn't pile on or whatever it is. Well, yeah, you're a creator. I understand why you would be more charitable towards anybody who's a creator or anybody who get a bad rap or whatever it is. Anybody can get sucked into a bad movie, right? That's normal thing. But like in the end, the product is the product. I don't know. It, it, this is the again to go back to saying there's a guy James Rolf, the uh, angry video game nerd. He outright said he's not going to just, just simply not going to watch a Ghostbusters movie. He's probably going to watch it later, maybe. He say not watching it because it's looking bad. Fine. That's exactly what you should have done with this. Yeah. And uh, I, well, 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 personally, just... personally, I, I have I have a little bit of hope that it'll be much better than, than Afterlife. I think that was the last one. But yeah, I, I do agree with you with Afterlife. It was it was bad. It was bad. It was it was nostalgia no, but, done no, no, in a worse way though. No, no. In his case, it was um the not afterlife. He was he was knocking. It was um the 2016 movie. Oh, that uh, one. Okay. Psh, well, yeah. you know. now, I thought that was that was fine. It was like I think it was bad. It, it had a lot of big like core problems in it, but it wasn't like again the internet pylon bullshit. And a lot of it is later submitted. A lot of this is like weird anti-feminist stuff that again designed to be. 4chan, you know, engagement, algo sludge. You know? uh-huh, um, uh-huh. That's how it is. Yeah. It's algo sludge. That's, that's the problem with this kind of stuff. And so that's why I don't really get, I don't really get into these debates because these meta debates also is algo sludge. Sorry to say it, right? Unfortunately, we're feeding into it right now. Um, that's why I don't really waste my time with this kind of thing. Because it happened to, the, 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 it's the kind of argument that you're not, you're not going to be, um, you're not getting anything from quote-unquote winning. You know, it's like, all right, well, you, you don't like the movie, fine, you move on, or something like that. I'm not going to engage in discourse if I know some bullshitter who it's only designed to, like, dunk on a person. Like, that's it. You're not, you're not going to say, okay, the movie bad, moving on. Give it a bad review or not, or shut the fuck up. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Like, the, 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 it's weird now. That yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to add to the discourse in a meaningful way now. Uh, it, I don't know what, to be fair, I don't know what Chris Rockman's going to say. Like what he's trying to say exactly with his the review, other than you should probably be charitable to other people. All right, fine. I mean, you know, we we tend to maybe be, but uh, it, it just feel like that. And and the person was uh, the person who who direct this movie, like, well, yeah, you know what you're looking for. It's not like at no point I look at this and thinking it's gonna be a decent enough product because yeah, it's a crappy Sony movie that Sony gone half ass on. <laughs> like, duh. Like it's like saying you're gonna expect um Venom to do good. It, well, yeah, it might make money, but it ain't gonna be good. No venom was good. Both of them are shit. 
It's just one had a character who was popular and the other one didn't. Um, that is it. Nobody knew who Madame Web is. The only reason I know who Madame Web is is because of the Spider-Man cartoon. I understand the logic of, of why Madame Web might exist as a show because, you know, it's a multiversal kind of bullshit thing. That's it. No other reason. Moving on. <laughs> it sucks. Who cares? Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. So, all right. So what I will do here, right? Um, Again, I'm not, I'm not critiquing, you know, um, Chris's or Anthony's video, right? But uh, it's a point that I want to make about the backlash surrounding it, right? So we'll yeah. start off with, with Chris, right? You know, primarily we talk about film here. You know, we also talk about music. So I don't want to exclude Anthony out of this because, yeah, um, I, I, I honestly think that the video that he put out um, prior to um, Chris's video, yeah, falls under the same category of, Wow, people are really blowing this up in in a really like weird way though. But anyway, so yeah. Chris's video, right? Um, is called "I Have to Talk About This," right? Now, if I have one critique, like if I just have one thing I could say, um, is you know could lead why 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 all this kind of happened in first place is the thumbnail. As simple as it is, there's a lot of people who will see that and think, "Oh, you're gonna be talking about why this movie is bad." Let me click on it, right? Um, or they can make the argument, but you know, but like I will make the argument and say, but you know, the title didn't say Madam Web Review, you know, it just said, I have to talk about this. But again, because the thumbnail, people think, oh, you're going to talk about this and really get into the meat and potatoes and really kind of figure out why the show is so bad, right? But anyway, I should also mention too, right, especially for you who have, um, don't really follow his, his channel. I, I have been for, for years now, I would say about a decade. Um, I wouldn't say that he is one of the people that influenced me to, 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 um, to, you know, to do this in the first place, right? But yeah, he is one of the people I used to look up to, um, you know, similar to guys like John Flick, um, you know, Flickinger or Jeremy Dant, right? Um, I also have like Chris's book, right? Like he had this book that he put out a while back about just you know best movies of the twenty uh, of the twenty tens, I believe it was. I have that book, right. right? You know, so I've been following his career for a while, for a long while, right? So I should also mention too that uh, upon his announcement that he is a father now, right? So he has twin boys, right? Um, he made this statement saying, well, a video, right, saying that he doesn't want to bash movies anymore, right? So. You know, one of the, one of the um, playlists, if you will, that he was famously known for was this thing called Hil um, Hilariosity, right? Where he would pick, like, a So Bad It's Good or a So Bad It's Bad movie and poke fun at it, right? Whether it's Batman and Robin, um, the Wicker Man, you know, the one with, with Nicolas Cage, you know, stuff like that. Now. So have fun kind of ripping apart the show. But yeah, he is, like, kind of venomous when it comes to it at times, especially with shows like, say, Dragon Ball Evolution. You know, he is a big DBZ fan. So, yeah, he absolutely hated that that movie. So, yeah, he ripped the, that movie to shreds through that, um, through that, you know, program, if you will, right? I should also mention, too, that about a few, a couple of years ago, he mentioned that in addition to saying that he doesn't want to bash movies, right? He want to focus on movies that he saw, like, you know, current films, right? And films in the past or whatnot, right? Um, it's stuff that he enjoy or appreciate or flat out love. If there are flaws, he will mention the flaws, right? But it's not like, oh, I'm going to talk about a show that I hate, right? Because he's done with that, right? He's in a new place in his life, right? And then lastly, yeah. um, as a filmmaker, no, you know, he, he, he was working on, yeah, have, you know. So you, so, you have, so you have that creative skin in the game now. That's right. right that's right, right? Because, so, because um, other people have their version of it, and if they do a good job with it, they could they could think like uh, it's have a guy who I I'm familiar. I don't I never follow his stuff, but for understand he's on the more negative end of things. Um, critical drinker. He apparently has a movie that that's out. Um, and it's 
it looks okay, at least you know for for the budget and way expect. What what what, what, what genre is it? What does it fall under? I I don't follow like, his stuff. Yeah, no. Well, he he does his negative negative review stuff. Like I think he kind of the anti feminist kind of end of things. I, I, again, I don't know enough about the guy to know. I don't. Know. But he he has a movie out. It looks like a kind of kind of thriller, kind of action something. I'm really sure, right? But again, you know, in the end of the day, it, is bo- it really does boil down to how charitable people willing to be to the material and who go and defend it when it came out. Because, look, Red Letter Media, they brought out their movie and their movie sucked ass, right? I had fun with it. It was stupid, but it sucked. <laughs> like, I admit that. Space Cup is terrible. Um, but, you know, it, it, whatever, now you move on. It, it, yeah. Some people could get it, right? Other people won't. Like, it's fine. Um, but my attitude is if you, if you at least put out something and even if it sucks and whatever, and people, you know, dunk on you the same way you dunk on people, whatever. At least you put yourself, at least you put yourself under the lash, right? That, right. That, that, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I, I know, I know, uh, Chris is a guy. I, like, I, like, I'm not speaking for him, right? But I know he's a guy right. who, yeah, probably looking forward to people like really heavily yeah. criticizing his his um his right. debut, right? Which is called Shelby and, and, Oaks. And, people, and, and people, people gonna people might be even even performatively do it, like you know, just be, the fact that you're a critic or you're a type of critic that they don't like, they go and cut your ass for that, and so on and so forth, right? I, and and people come back on the full circle and and you know don't do it for for the other people. Like here's an example, a nice little example right now. The Criterion Channel is now putting up on their channel as a re. Hall oh, I know you're talking about they, they, they put out like um Razzie Razzie. winners, yes, yes. Yeah, so, Razzie. so, so, right, stuff right. like like Ishtar and um, not not Showgirls, um, something else from the 80s, I think they burn out. Um, uh, but I saw that because I, well, I mean, I, I, I live for, for Criterion, right? So I right. get a newsletter, I saw what they posted up, I was like, all right, okay, because yeah, I, 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 I never watch, I never watch um Ishtar before in my life, but even at a young age, I heard about how bad it was, right? So it's one of those things that right. you hear how bad it was, but. You know, it's like, I don't want to see because I hear for years and it's bad. But now that Criterion is going to put it out on their channel, it's like, all right, well, I could give it a look, you know? So it's like that. Yeah. No, but the, the, you're right. And exactly. But it, the thing is, is a lot of it is to do with the, the conceit of how you should just think about these things as, as just bad art. Look, it, it'll have bad art all the time. Who cares? My attitude, my attitude is the issue of skin in the game. The problem is that we have way too much discourse that have no skin in the game and they have a bunch of people who just not going to add to the conversation in a meaningful sense. They just, they just, they, they, they artificially change, chase negative reviews and that's what our algorithm does, unfortunately. Uh, you know, for, for all his problems, he has problems he'll have with him. This is why I kind of appreciate Movie Bob and they do really that good series because he don't, you don't try to go for that artificially. Right, he just he have an opinion. The opinion not perfect, you know, you know, and he just put himself out there for that. Again, you don't have to like him or his opinion or whatever it is. But the simple fact that he at least puts some workable, honest skin in the game with respect to that. He could have his own nine-hour takedown video, whatever it is. That's not the point. Right, the point is that you you have some kind of um organic approach to how it is you feel about this. And once it's genuine opinions, that's all that matters. That is all that matters to me. A genuine opinion. The problem is that at no point. At no point I just get the feeling that a lot of these dudes have an actual opinion on it. What it is, it's just chasing a, 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 a algorithm on the point. Of, a a, a, it's a, a lot trend. Of it's a trend. A trend. Yeah. It's just, well, it's, 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 look, it's money jumping up. Let me admit that. I got a big part of this, right? A lot of money jumping up. That is what it was, they'll do with respect to making sure, you know, you could get, you could get a, a you're, you're chasing it now. You're just chasing an algorithm. And it's, it's look, it's money. I, I can't tell them to not, not make money. That's fine. The problem is that, you know, it's fake bullshit. <laughs> you're not you're not saying thing, you don't have an opinion. Sometimes what even worse, a lot of people don't even engage in the material. Um, which is like terrible. Like so when you, you ask them, oh wait, did they watch the material? Uh they they didn't even do it. 
I'm like, well, so how are you going to review it then? Um, you, you're watching, at least watching other people's, uh, you know, opinion of it or, or something like that. At least you could do that, right? Nope, not even that. So they just, you know, they didn't read the thing and they don't even know the thing. And now they're still um, trying to engage in the discourse. And that's just outright anti-intellectualism. Agreed, I mean, that's yes, just shameless. yes. And yeah. it's complete shamelessness. And, but we, we are to that point. A person could just do that and just say something that just completely false or just come a, a, a lazy misinterpretation of that thing and still, you know, get money, you know, and get in, engagement. Not only that, but you have a whole culture of, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what do you call that? Uh, plagiarism, right, in, in the discourse as well. So that is a big part of that. And that is the problem. It, 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 the, the, right now, the internet, sorry to say it, is a, is a dead mall. Right, it's just the laziest, most uh, low-down approach to this to, to material, and it's just a lot of uh, outright anti-intellectualism and um, what to call it, just media literacy, right? Lack of media literacy, it, it, and it's it kind of shameful at this point. But you know, that's the that's the discourse, that's where it is. Is the life I choose or you life or the life that choose me, right? Uh, and I can't mm. I can't really say anybody could just come out of this as it was. <sighs> where am I tell? I, yeah. I I just drop I drop my hands with this kind of stuff because I just don't engage it with 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 people who I think not going to engage in a good discourse with me at this point. It have no reason to gain with that because the person have no oh, they have no actual engagement or opinion of that. If if it's not chasing an algorithm or they can pile onto somebody, you're not going to engage with it. And I, 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 this one, after he put it up, he put up a video about that. He make the, he make he make light of the fact that if they were serious about this, they would have talked about cocaine beer. Um, what's his name? Bob Chipman. I say it's not, it's not cocaine beer. He did. I call it cocaine beer. Because if you think about oh. it, cocaine, cocaine beer did that, right? Cocaine beer changed the gender, the character, make it a mother, make it this big feminist story, and nobody talk about that, you know, because they didn't watch the fucking movie. That's it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it don't make sense talking to people like that. It have a lot of people who I'll give you a personal one, and I get the feeling this is somebody who somebody um, put me online to try to talk about something in, in philosophy or science, right? It's something, something, some piece of academic work I did like a decade plus ago, right? Barely remember it, whoever it is. But this person tried to jump jump into some big argument with me about that. And like, well, did you... And I asked him a real simple question. Are they going to engage in this with respect to their own own supervisor? But I think they're talking about this to, to do an MA or something like that. And it's really, they just do the thing. And I realized the person just do the thing to record a conversation just to record the conversation to say that they beat me in an argument about the thing. And oh, I kind of wow. just reversed it there. I just, I just reversed it and find out who it was. And I was like, oh, you still on this and you let us go from since, what, seven, eight years ago, wherever it is now. And it's like a bullshit thing about some talking point that they get mad at at that. And the person absolutely, when I, all I do is ask them, what it was, so wait, you're going to do this for the supervisor? Well, no, nah, I'm not going to do this for any reason. I just, I just doing this for you know for for your own personal reason so you you personally going to try to solve a very very esoteric academic problem that i had to solve for a practical reason right did you get into yeah you're only doing it for the for the for the clout sorry to say it and i see that's the problem with a lot of this is just a clout chasing moron moron behavior now it's just a big echo chamber sorry to say it but the internet is kind of a dead ball now sorry to yeah. say Anyway. All right, so 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 like, like, like I ran more than you, unfortunately. <laughs> you, you, you know, yeah. you know, because I, I I have a lot to say too, right? So I, 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 yeah. So the night before, yeah, right? You can skip this part of the skip this part of the, the, the discourse, eh? Yeah, I, I tell all that for the start. But I put put telling them skipping this from the, the beginning of this, eh? You know, because it's just awesome. Yeah, well, right. So I I made sure to 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 write down these points eh? because again, I don't want to echo what everybody else has been seeing, right? And, and and as you, Ricardo, since you say you just sort of like um, 
heard it, heard it in the background, so to speak. So, yeah. you know, so this is just me kind of explaining to you what the mean aspect is. I'm not going to go into full details. You'll have to watch the full thing for yourself, right? But I just want you to listen carefully to what he said. Because eh? this, this is stuff that people twist in and turn in and bend in to make it sound like, oh, Chris is your villain, right? But anyway. So Chris said at the very beginning that he didn't want to talk about it based on what he heard about it, right? So going into right. it, right? So let me let me be real. Let's all be real, right? Leading up to the release of Madam Web, we were hearing through various grapevines, especially through social media, that Madam Web was going to tank. It was going to it was going to be it was gonna it was gonna um, underperform now at the box office, right? So a lot of people, a lot of people would have gone into this movie expecting this thing to um to not be of a high quality, right? I, for one, personally, could have done that by saying, no, but Mali One Love coming out the same weekend. Let me go and see that. I, I, I saw it. I took it in. I critiked it. That was that, right? I could have jumped on the bandwagon too and say, oh, you want to see a bad movie? Let's go and see Madam Web. <laughs> right? Whatever, right? But, back to Chris. He said that he didn't want to talk about it based on, you know, all the little scuttle, scuttlebutt about it, right? Because he wants to focus on film celebration with his channel, right? He said, this is not a review of Madame Webb. He's not about bashing filmmakers or artists. He knows how hard it is to make a movie. He does not know how hard it is to make a movie under the studio system. He was able to make an indie movie without a corporation breathing on his neck, right? He also states that this is not a video about Madame Webb. Or why you should or shouldn't see that film. He mentions Rotten Tomatoes. He says that you know there's other places, there's other voices you could check out if you want to hear opinions on what the show is, or you know you want a score or whatnot. You could go there. Put a pin on that for a bit. Put a pin on that, right? The video is actually about the grip, this powerful grip that certain movie studios have over filmmakers and screenwriters, right? He mentioned in the process, he talked about how some studios just back off and let filmmakers tell the story the way they want to tell it, right? But that doesn't mean that all of them will be great. And he cites Morbius as an example. But there are some studios that will pretty much tell creatives, look, we're paying you. We're making sure that you're eating and you're living. You have to do what we tell you to do or else, or else, you're, you're, or, 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 or else you're fired, right? So in the case of Madam Web, this is just like a minor, minor, minor spoiler. If you want, like, they just decide out of the blue in one, like, crucial scene, you know, of a, a, a fight, you know, whatever it is, let's have, let's have this blatant Pepsi sign just be there in the background. Let they, let just be there big and bold, right? And you, you're seeing that as a screenwriter, when you're sitting down in your apartment writing this out, right, in the back of in your mind, you're not thinking, oh, well, you know, this scene needs a Pepsi sign. But the studio come and say, no, no, no. We want that there, and if they don't put it in there, that's so, it. Sony, so that's the Sony point he was trying to he was he was trying to get yeah, across no, there. Sony in particular is egregious with the situation. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, 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 on the subject of Sony, yeah, because Sony is what he was he was really focusing on, you know, because he was just talking about Madam Web. He was talking about this whole Spider Man verse thing that he created, um, with with um with the begin with, with with Venom, you know, what I mean, from from right. that onwards, that's really who he was addressing there. You know, he didn't really call them out by name, but he was just using that as a primary example, right? And last point I'll make about about the you know the video itself, right? Well, the rest of it you can watch for yourself. Um, he said that while he wa- he while he was watching Madame Web, and he's actually familiar with the director, right? Because uh, she actually worked on stuff like um like the um Defenders and whatnot for for Netflix, right? 
He right, couldn't right. bring himself to think that the poor quality that he was seeing on screen was the fault of the director. He saw oh, it yeah. as an example. Yeah, one, no. sec, one sec, he saw it as an example of the studio letting the viewers know that it doesn't care about the quality of the experience it's given them. And what the overall message of his video is, is that, you know, there had to be something had to be done because people are spending their money to watch something and they want to be entertained. But, you know, these studios want to give them sludge and they say, yes, take the sludge and eat it. Yeah, no, and then now no, you no. have something. And this is, while, this is where my argument will, will start from. Then you have a platform like YouTube where a whole bunch of people will just go afterwards, make videos and say, the movie is bad and the movie is bad and the movie is trash and the movie is trash. And... I'll actually stop at this point on, right? But, you know, I don't want to sell myself out too quick, right? But yeah, Ricardo, you, you, um, you were saying? It, this is not a new argument. This I know, I, I know. I'm not trying to knock him or whatever it is you think he's trying to say, but it's not a new argument. Like, okay, a perfect example of something that could have been great, but the studio decided to fuck it up. Uh, Robocop, the remake. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Terrible, right? Terrible movie, in my opinion. But, you know, the reason why it sucked is because, yeah, the filmmaker, right, didn't get, he didn't seem to have any control of the project. Right, in my humble opinion. But whatever, that is up all the time. Again, you could you could keep your mouth shut or you could have enough power to do it or not. Like in the end of the day, you know there's a old joke, the old joke about filmmaking. If you wanna if you wanna work in the film industry, you go to film school. But if you wanna make movies and you wanna make movies the way you want, yeah, go, go to business school. Yeah, I remember you told me that like, old <laughs> line, right? Yeah. Old 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 line, I don't know where I forget where it comes from. Point is Look, in any day, people don't have any kind of money or control or whatever. It's like that. Once you don't have that control or money, it don't make any sense. You can't. It, and if you really have a problem with, if look, it's a job. And we just fucking talk about this with with American fiction. Is the NED is a job and it's where you want to take. If it, if you want to, if you want to be Mister High High artsy person, stay out of stay out of the industry. Go and write a thing in a corner. Hopefully, you'll you'll win a lot or sometime, and then you go make your thing. Or you you grind you you put yourself nose to the grindstone, take your shit. And then happened to think. Well, you think she, this woman, gonna be so depressed? Or I forget the woman, the, the director, of Madam Web. She gonna be depressed with she bad movie, whatever it is. Like what happened near the Costa with uh, Marvels? Yeah, kind of bad. It's a really yeah. shitty thing, and people, people was really shitty about it because they just had to make up bullshit about it. Oh, she don't want to go to the premiere, and so I said, things that were effectively outright lies about her. But she had, you know, that kind of bullshit. And it, look, sorry to say it. The internet is a fucking dead mall at this point because it's a sludge. We just, we just, you know, it's a sort of idiot sludge, sludge material that just making easy money. And it's a bunch of people who are absolutely shameless and have no problem putting up, you know, their the, the negative reviews and they have no opinion. That's why I don't really listen to these people. Yeah. Sorry well, 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 you know, you know, as, as I keep bringing this up though, this, this is going to, this is going to, I'm gonna actually reflect some of that into into the points that I want to make, right? And don't for, and, right. and don't worry, guys. I also want to mention um, the Fantano stuff as well. Too. I won't say too long on that, but I really want to focus more on the Stockman stuff, right? So right. Rama Rama wanna say with where Stockman says that this is not a video about Madame Web or why you shouldn't shouldn't or should watch it, um, and how he mentioned Rotten Tomatoes and these other people you could go and check for opinions, right? So apparently there's this argument that going around, right? This and, and everybody keep latching on to it, right? That apparently Stockman is acting elitist now because, you know, he is working on a feature film. He's working on his debut feature film and he does not want to piss off, you know, the you know, the um Hollywood, yeah, right? right? You know? Right. But but that, but yeah, but but let's hold on to that for a bit, right? But then he, but then these, you know, the argument also goes even further because with that whole statement about Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of stuff, people are thinking. When I say people, I mean content creators are assuming, right, that 
this is Chris saying more or less kind of pushing everybody underneath the bus now. So he's saying, oh, well, you know, you're not supposed to talk about the movie being bad. That's, you know, you're not supposed to do that. No, 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 no. And then he twists it around to say, oh, we should celebrate films instead. We shouldn't critique films. That is not what the man said. Yeah, right, not, That's not, not, not what he said. Yeah. So what I've been seeing, right? And this is not a lot of videos I've been seeing, right? Because like I just watch like five or, or ten minutes of, of some of them. I just get so pissed off, right? Yeah. So yeah. this narrative that everybody keep running with, right? Not everybody, everybody, but everybody running with, right? Is that Chris, you know, doesn't want to critique films anymore. And now now you have these I these think. people who just come in what's like who just coming out I of think. nowhere, right? I never see these people in my life and they never show up in, in, in my um, YouTube feed at all. Coming and seeing, oh, well, I grew up on Chris Stuckman's videos and I used to love hilariousity videos and it was so fun. Ooh. And now Chris doesn't want to do that anymore. He just wants to talk about the movies that he loves. And now... Fall for the algo sludge. This I, the I know, sludge. I know. This is the yeah. algo sludge. This is the algo sludge, and this yeah. is this is how they chain people up. This is all this this conf- um this this um swindle people, right? Oh, but film criticism is important because you know more people, or I should say, those studios need to be aware that you know that they are making bad films. You know, people need to speak out about, right? So picture this scenario, right? Picture this scenario. A hundred so-called film critics go on YouTube, put out a video each out saying about why they did not like Madam Web. They know that everybody going to tune into YouTube, right? Tune in, right? To see these videos. They're going to share these videos and they're going to poke fun about it and go on TikTok and be like, ha, 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 isn't it funny? Madam Web sucks. Ha, click, move on. Madam yeah. Web sucks. Boom, right? That's it, right? And then oh, yeah, they want to call it again. Back, 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 back. About eight years ago, it had something called cringe, cringe compilations. Uh, is the same, right? You even know what that is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the same thing, right? And you want to yeah. call that film criticism, right? Yeah. But because a man decides, right? So, well, before before I get to that, right? So the the hundred people, right? So a hundred people go up online and see the movie is bad. Apparently, Chris Stockman have to be the hundred and first person. To come and say the same thing? Why? Why he yeah, have to come and say the same thing that all they're thinking about and agreeing upon? Why? Yeah, well, you know, exactly. He said... Saying, it, it, you know, it's a, a, a joke. I don't know if I'm using this properly, but basically, if you know what two minutes he it is, right? Uh, that's what it is. Right. It's just a pylon. That, that's what pylon. it is. That is it's a pylon, right? So, so, But the man said about two years ago, right? He does not want to bash movies anymore. He wants to focus on films that he loves and all that kind of stuff, right? Understand this, folks. Understand this, people who live their lives on YouTube creating content and couldn't even be bothered to go outside and see the real world. Chris is in a new place in his life. He's a father now. He have a family now. He was always serious about making films in the past. He always was. He even did a um, hilariousity um, poking fun at a short film that he made back in the days when he was younger. You know, he was doing this Indiana Jones tribute. And yeah, he poked fun at that. He was able to poke fun at his own work. So you think that he decided to, to, to make Shelby Oaks without thinking that, you know, um, thinking that it's going to be critic, critic-proof? No, of course not. 
he knows what he's going to get into because that's the industry. That's the way how it works, right? And I don't think he has a problem with that. But then, let me, pick, let me, let me throw a next story you know, at you, right? Let me just say that he was the 101st critic to come and say, yes, Madame Web is terrible because I saw it on Valentine's Day and it was terrible, right? Next thing you know, one day Shelby Oaks premiere and, you know, he in some, you know, film festival or whatnot, and he runs into the director of Madame Web and then she watch him and say, you know, I saw your video, what you said about, about my movie, you know. Then what? Now, and how, I, I don't want to spend whole day on, you know, the, the, on the bullshitters, right? But yeah, they will just throw all these things and make you believe in what it is they're saying, right? That, that's, that's my stance on all this. So one guy mentioned, oh, well, you know, Quentin Tarantino used to talk about other people's movies. He would come out and say that these movies are bad too. And same thing that Miles Scorsese used to do. Motherfucker, do they have YouTube channels? Look, guys, I I I I just seen I just seen do they yeah, do do and okay, and, so, and this no. this is where I'm gonna get to my point this is where I get to my point right this is this is my rant this is where I gonna get heated and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll cool myself down right they're not gonna go on YouTube to feed this narrative about a movie being bad just to validate your feelings on a show whether you see the show or not. So you could feel good about yourself. Oh, well, Chris likes, yo, Chris hates the movie. So now I feel good that he hates the movie too. He doesn't have to do that. He stated at the very beginning of the video, he is not talking about Madam Web, but is the idea that there are, there is a studio that is watering down properties, right? Because it's not just about, you know, um, a, a, a screenwriter writing a, a story. No, it's about a, a comic book character. It's a comic book property. No, it's Marvel stuff now. And Sony just doesn't seem to know what to do with it right after, you know, with the exception of, um, you know, the, the, the Spider-Verse films, right? You just really don't know what to do with them, right? So you get stuff like, like, like Madam Web, you get Venom, you get Kree, which you're going to get very soon. That's the thing, right? Why, why you think he had a Spider-Man shit in the first place for? Just to, you know, just for, just for style? No, you know, the man is a comic book fan as well, right? You know, you know, he's always praised, you know, the, the Sam Raimi films and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's, that's that, right? But, when you come with this whole twisted narrative that, oh, you know, Chris turned his back on film criticism. And here's, here's the point that everybody like to see. You're a critic. You're supposed to critique films. That's your job. All right. I understand you have a platform called YouTube, right? You could go there. You can make videos. You could get paid, right? I use the platform as well too. I don't get a cent out of it, but I have my personal reasons why I do it. I just feel personally, you know, with us, you know, with, with Internet, right? You know, with the pretty much non-existence of a film industry i like i i just doing this more or less to fuel my passion for film right because don't get me wrong if somebody came to me one day paid me you know um uh, 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 you know like thousands and millions of dollars right gave me a script that is fire right and say i want you to make a film out of that i put in that youtube channel and pause on me and working on that shit you know my life is not going to be dictated by YouTube, you know? don't get me wrong, you know? but I know it have a lot of content creators who call themselves film critics, and you know, it's all about, the, you know, it's all about film criticism, man, you know what I mean, whose job pretty much is to make content, and how do you make content that more people will be going to and clicking and liking and sharing? By following trends, uh, sorry, that's just how it is, so the whole trend right now, up until the end of this month, I call it right now, is that Madam Web is bad. That's the narrative. That's what we're going with. When when Dune Part 2 comes out this week, that's when everybody will stop talking about um about Madam Web. Hopefully, right? 
But I imagine beyond that, more people will continue to talk about uh, Chris Tuckman and say, oh, you know, he turned his back on film criticism and he wants to, to, to save his skin because he's a filmmaker now and blah, 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 blah. I'll just throw one last point. Right? I'm just going to throw an example, right? To somebody that we know, I'll just give a, a hint to somebody who used to work on, on, on the, um, Double Twister, right? I stumble on his video journey. You know, he make a point, but when I hear that, I was like, boy. His thing is, is that if Chris so serious about talking about film celebration and he don't want to bash films anymore, why doesn't he remove the hilariousity playlist? Why doesn't he remove those videos? And when I see that boy, that's when I realize, wow, boy, this this is this is where this this is where this discourse reached now. Yeah. So we and reach that, a point where content creators, right, who just coming out of the woodwork just to say, oh, I was a fan of Chris Tuckman, and now I'm not a fan anymore because he's just putting out all these videos that's about old movies and he's not talking about the movies that we see, blah 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 blah, right? So they're coming out of the woodwork and calling themselves critics and whatnot, right? So so is that right? And all of a sudden, now they want to just point fingers at Chris and saying, oh, you turn your back on us and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to be a film critic. So it's your job to do that. So he, out of everybody else on, on, on YouTube right now who call themselves film critics, have to come to say something just for all they to feel good about all themselves. This is where we reach. And over a movie that, as far as I concern, people will stop giving a fuck about um, long before it even comes out on digital. That's where we reach, and that's why I want to address this, right? I will mention the um the, the Fantano stuff quickly, but um I just want to cool myself off, right? And then we wrap up. But yeah, Ricardo, I know this is the sludge that you were talking about, right? But yeah, go on. Yeah, it, it, well, again, this is, well, uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, but I, again, you really care about this way. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, I know. Because, again, I'll state why at the end, but yeah, you, you, you go on. No, but it, it, again, I know I, I really don't get into this kind of stuff as it is now because look, I just we, we review movies, we enjoy your opinion about it. If somebody have an issue, if somebody have a genuine issue with what I say, they will directly. I'm gonna say this once: you will directly um, send me send me a thing. I I go into no forum and think to to get into a thing because you you, you, you have to tell me uh, somebody was was that with with, with um the thing review now. Um, what do you call it? Uh shit. Oh, 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 oh right, right. Um, um it's is is the review that we did for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We we right, leave, yeah, we leave it at that. Right. We we yeah, leave it I, at that. Go on. We leave it at it. I didn't I didn't know. I, I look it up, I look it up and see it and like, oh yeah, right. Well she I'll just waste my time. So you know. I, 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 I know but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was just that. I, look, it's real hard for me to care about these kind of things. Because it, this is this is not even bad faith no. At least with a bad faith argument. I don't know what to call this, but it's it's a level lower than the bad faith argument. At least with the bad faith argument, it, you have the person at least have some kind of skin in the game with respect to trying to convince people or win the debate. This is just like bad faith, but it's clout at the same time. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. Nah, what I, I, I honestly think it is clout, right? Because I remember what, what yeah, I say. It's, clout, it's just when it's you go, even... like like for me, when I go on YouTube right now, it's just some random schmo, right. Joe Schmo coming yeah, out and saying, oh, look at what Chris said. And I used to grow up on his work and yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, like, who are you? Who are you right. in the grand scheme of things to... to, to, to I, I'm not saying that you, you, you can't call yourself a film critic, right? But who are you to come out to the blue and say that, you know, a veteran like, like Chris Stockman shouldn't even... And not just as a film critic, but as a content creator, 
circle that term, eh? can't make the stuff that he want to make. Apparently, he have to follow the trends that all they're following. You know what I mean? So, everybody had to talk bad about this movie. He had to talk bad about this movie. He chose a different slant. All right, I understand that you, you click on the link and, and, you, and you was like, oh, but, you know, this is so misleading because this is not what I expected. But at way years in his life, Dread, he could afford to make something a little bit different. But you mad now that he doing this because he going against how you perceive him. And then, and then the argument is, well, he's a film critic, so he's supposed to do that. Dog, I wouldn't be surprised if I wake up tomorrow morning and he puts out a video saying he's done with, with film criticism. Right now, he's just going right. to focus on his film career and the videos that you see going forward will be about that, so like there's, putting there's, out the show. Yeah, there's, so there's, don't get there's mad. Yeah, there's a deeper part of the discussion. There's another person who... Like, we could talk about this. Okay, so... Here's the thing. I was always asked the question, how come how come the rise of film criticism happened the way it did? Um, and it's a mix of two things, right? We could get into a different argument because we'll probably talk about this with respect to... Um, well, it's a little side con. I think it's related with when we talk about um, Iron, Iron Claw. Um, and the nature, of, the nature of show business in, in a general way. You know. Anyway, my attitude is that the, the reason why this happened is because of, what call it? Because of two things. One, the rise of YouTube and its popularity. But two, uh, yeah, it have a bunch of people who, you know, college, you know, you're not supposed to know them. Like if, if it didn't have a big weird financial crisis that, that melt down a bunch of people, college career and college um, career, especially in the arts, you would never know who they are, right? Uh, you know, I would argue uh, probably the most popular and one of the arguably the most talented person at, at the job, pong for pong, I'd I, I argue, is Lindsay Ellis. I, I'm sure if she didn't have to go through bullshit during the financial crisis and she did get she masters earlier and she got a career the way she should 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 have a long time ago, I'd have never known who Lindsay Ellis is, right? It's the same reason why I'd have never know who Sam Harris was if it wasn't for 9/11, right? A crisis happened. And it make the career the, the career had to zag when it should have zig, and that's basically what happened. That's how I see it. Like so, it's all these little side things now. That they, you know, it, it is um Dante from Dante from um we call it from Clerks now. You know, I'm not supposed to be here today. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I, so, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of that. Like, it's sorry to say it, but we we just a lot of people just just stuck in the in the discourse of things that not supposed to happen more exist anyway. Yeah, it's sorry to say it, and it's, you're supposed to be outside the pit. That's why I don't waste my time getting into these arguments. Again, these things also exist as it is because you know you're supposed to deal with bigger a bigger discourse about it. There's somebody who brought up an issue about this, but unfortunately the person's kind of trash. Uh, but is it really you're, you're, you're arguing over thing? Because this is gonna become an issue when it come when AI become a thing, for example, or you know, look, it, it's just gonna get worse and worse. My attitude is stop catering to the algo sludge. Stop catering to the bullshit in that sense. It's, it's algo sludge. Yeah. There's a set of people who have no skin in the game when it comes to discourse. I'll put it like this. You'll be worse off if you win the argument against them. That's how bad it is. Mm. Right? There's a lot of people who just is nonsense. It's useless nonsense. They, they're not going to bring to the discourse. That's why when somebody says something or they think they're making an interesting argument, they have no skin in the game because it's online in the internet. Unless, unless they, they're so sure you put them in a space where they can't, they actually put some skin in the game, then you could probably cook them. Like somebody will say something dumb, and because they say that dumb thing, you get to cook them because they come wrong and strong now. Or, you know, it, it have a lot of loud and wrong types, right? But it's only when they, they in the, they, they in a position of actual skin in the game. This this is nonsense. This is empty nonsense. And that's why they do it. Because they have no skin in the game. Like, I admit that. Like, a lot of this is that. It's just as a bunch of dudes who have nothing. They won't learn. They won't, they won't come from thing. It's, it's um, media illiteracy at its worst. 
and is is really ashamed that you know we we at this point. But look, you know, that is the internet. You know, blame blame Mark Zuckerberg. You know, sorry sorry to say yeah. it is good. It is good. You know, you shouldn't roll along the hill. Again, I, I really have zero patience for any of this as it is. No, I I I, 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 I know you don't care about but but none of this though. But but um, yeah, because it's yeah. meaningless. It's not an argument. It's yeah. a non-start of a discussion. Because what does end up happening? Here, what does happen with this kind of stuff? Somebody talks some dumb shit, right? You cook them. You cook them in the comments. They they either willfully misinterpret what you're trying to say or just move on as if nothing happened, right? And it's so and it just keep going on. Now a whole bunch of idiots like that. They don't do anything. They don't say anything. You're not gonna add to the discussion in any meaningful sense. And it dies it. You're really dealing with people who just like absolutely clueless. You know, rebels or rebels or clue. It is really yeah. feel like oh well, you you listen to what I had to say there like. Oh right, I just didn't tell more on that. You know when I picked this up the first time, Batman v Superman. Yeah, oh, you, or, you mean, or you mean the fan base who was who was praising it, even though defended they knew it was it. right. Defended, it, defended. It, defend it. That's it. Yeah. Again, again, let's be clear. I don't think it's impossible to defend Batman v Superman. I think it's probably really difficult. The movie sucks. Not going to say it. Not going to defend it in that sense. But the kind of responses you get from them, you realize. Oh, well, you even you even engage in the discourse or the discussion of why trying to say. And you just watch people just spend literally, you know, comments, whole comment threads saying nonsense or trying to defend rubbish arguments. And you're like, all right, well, were you even trying to argue for them? Like, what's the point? What's the point of even this discussion? You're dealing with, yeah, and as I said, it's like dealing with, um, what do call it? Uh, like, like talking to a flat litter, one of these types of people. Now. It, 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 on that level of, like, outrage, you know, it's like you're just dealing with like almost like a kind of calculated form of madness almost. Like, it's just... Oh, this was not serious at all. They incredibly unserious people. Stop talking to them. Stop listening to them. They it had, it had no discourse they had. They're not bringing anything to the table intellectually. And yeah, I don't waste my time getting into this, especially about goddamn movies. You know. By the way, this is a, this is about a, a bunch of women. Let us be clear about this: a bunch of women who could have spider powers. That is what that is what people getting mad of on the on the internet about, right? Yeah. Like, oh, is this done. supposed to be Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like come yeah, on, man. On. You know what I like, mean? But, um, yeah, but 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 just but you know because yes we we have spent a while in this but yeah again it's a rant right um I want to compare this quickly to Anti Fantano right even though his situation is is complex right um and different it at the same time do because it's about music as well right um but I I also see that sort of similar as well right uh, as well so his video is unreviewable one of course it is about you know the, the the garbage fire that is vultures one i just being real right? right on the subject of that right um going in just listening to during the um carnival weekend right because I, I i saw when 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 anthony post that 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 um that video right i saw the still of it and just the expression of it on it uh on, on the still or oh, sorry on the thumbnail and then of course you know the title unreviewable one right um i i just sense that something bad is gonna happen, you know, when I listen to the to the album, right? And I listened to it, I gave it about three times, right? And I will admit, a bit of a bias against it came from seeing that still, right? But when I really sat down and think about it, I was like, Alright, I didn't want to jump on bandwagon. I didn't know what the bandwagon was as yet. I, I just assumed that everybody was talking bad about the album, right? But I made the point because I did a I did a little IG post about it, right? I stated the reason why the album was so bad was because of Kanye's antics on the record. But I, I brought up something that I don't think I saw anybody really bring up um, in their critiques of it is that Ty Dollar Sign was outshined, like overshadowed to the point that I don't even remember much about what he sang or, or, or rapped about on the album. It was more about Kanye 
and just the kind of shit that he was seeing on record, right? I kind of forgot about what Ty said. So Ty, he was supposed to be the, the, the cool star of the film, sort of just pl- um, felt like a bit player. Like, he was just barely there, right? And nobody really brought up that, right? So in that video, right, in a nutshell, you know, he was just talking about how um, it had three types of fans who were pretty much kind of like just pour or set a bile, try, sorry, attempt to pour or set a bile down Fantano's throat, tell them, oh, you don't get it because you're not a Kanye fan, right? And keep in mind, um, Fantano is pretty much calling Kanye at this point um, anti-Semite, right? Um, just based off the stuff that he was seeing from since 2020 onwards, right? So he went into that record knowing about the stuff that Kanye was seeing. He put out videos about him in the past, right? He even did a live stream. He's always do this, you know, Friday nights on his Twitch channel, right? You know, so he actually like, you know, did like a live stream, like listening to the album. He was laughing at it and whatnot, right? And in the comment section, it was a bunch of those talks, that that whole toxic fandom that he spent about half the video talking about, right? Yeah, they were the ones who who were, who were to- like like talked to them there, like attacking them basically during that live stream. Like it, it's it's actually on his um his next channel. It's called Fantano. You can go and check it out. Yeah, they were all like attacking them, attacking them, and he, then he would like have to pause the the um. Okay, he's he's playing the song there. He's he had to pause it and be like, oh, it is you talking about this? We talk taking to talk about that blah blah blah, right? Now to be fair. I would admit that Anthony does spend a little too much time on Twitter, right? He's he spent a lot of time feeding those trolls, right? I'll give him that, right? But at least he was fair enough in the video, the well, the review or lack thereof to come and say, you know, is these kind of people that he's had a face now when when he talks about Kanye or he says anything about Kanye, right? So his notion is that it don't even matter what he says about it, because you know those fans will just say, you know, Kanye is God or whatnot, and everything he does is great. Or, you know, in the terms of, like, distinguishing between fans, he would say, just have some people, there's some, like, teenagers who just have nothing else better to do. I just want to listen to just some dumb shit and just jump on board that, right? But in the case of Anthony, he can't say that, you know, Kanye's music is bad. But so that's why in the last few minutes, he does mention points about why the album was trash. And I agree with him for the most part, right? I agree with the stuff that he was saying. So it have, like, again, these nobodies... These whippersnappers, yes, I use the term whippersnappers, right? Fucking sue me, right? Who just showing up in the blue and saying, oh, you know, we don't want to hear about your talks about politics and we don't want to hear about what you think about um, Kanye being anti-Semite and whatnot. It's about the music. You're supposed to be a music critic, man. Talk about the music. And then now, the the, the, the flip side to it is like, how you could say that the, the album is unreviewable or how the, the album is trash. I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. And then, I don't know, I, I, again, finding little bits of, of of excuse and everybody just riding this, this train, right? Riding this train. So apparently, Fantano got himself into some kind of hot water. I'm not sure why, I didn't even listen to the record. And personally, like you, I couldn't even care less, right? So this rapper, this female rapper came out, named her Sexy Red. She had an album, and Fantano was one of the few people to say that he loved it. He gave it an 8 out of 10. Is in his, oh, one of right. his favorite albums of the year, right? And people was like losing their minds. Like, oh, you could take a Sexy Red album. is trash. Sorry, is 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 great. Sexy Red is trash. Oh, you could like that. But you want to talk about Kanye album being bad, but you 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 love Sexy Red. What are you trying to say? What does that have to do with anything? And that's the discourse again. It's all these petty squabbles that you just put together and it's all to say, Oh, Fantano is trash because he don't want to critique, you know, he don't want to talk about that album because of, you know, the bias that he had with it going into it, right? Which he addressed in that video. 
So you see the comparison there, right? It's somebody who didn't want to really talk about the album because or, or the project because they knew of the backlash or the praise or the, the toxic praise surrounding it, right? So you see, it's like day and night now. So the Vultures one thing is about this toxic praise surrounding it and the, the, um, the Madam Web stuff is all about the backlash surrounding it, right? So these cre- content creators, veterans in, in my opinion, right? Decided they're going to give you a different take, take on it. Why you know, this exists, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want to address something along that line, but I'm not going to be, you know, primarily talking bad about the album or, or you know, talking bad about the, the about the project. I'm just giving you a different slant base on it. You want to come now and say, well, no, we don't want to hear that because your job is to critique stuff. That's what we come here to your channel for. Motherfucker, they are content creators. They could talk about what they want to talk about. Don't you? Don't you, Mr. Random um, Content Creator, do the same thing? Or is it that you have to talk about what everybody else is talking about and you call it film criticism, you call it music criticism, and you want to tell yourself and pat yourself in the back and say, oh, this is beneficial to the culture, and this is beneficial to the film or the music industry, and feel like you're, you're all high and mighty, right? When, as you keep saying, you, you keep using this term, Ricardo, you have no skin in the game. Like, like, who are you in the grand scheme of things? Who are you? Are people going to be going on trending and seeing your videos? No, they're going to be most likely seeing a, a, a Fantano video who has trended in the past. Or they're going to see a Stockman video who has trended in the past as well. They're not going to see you. So what what, what, what contribution you really bring into the table? And, and even worse now, by jumping on this hype train now and saying, oh, Fantano is trash because he spoke his mind. And Chris Stockman is trash because he spoke his mind too, right? So this is where I'm going to wrap things up now and then we can move on with your lives because yeah, this shit's starting to get really annoying now, right? So why this really, really affect me now is, yeah, just the idea of criticism in general, just the importance of it, right? I don't come here specifically to talk about bad movies. I don't go out of my way to, to watch bad movies or to listen to bad albums or whatnot. Again, I chose Bob Marley One Love over Madam Web. I could have done like everybody else and just, you know, saw Madam Web just to tell my friends on Facebook, yeah, I see it, right? But what would that benefit me? One, they're not going to really check it out because, oh, it have other people out there, other American um, creators who they could just see a five-minute video. I ain't calling no names, you know what I mean? And just say, all right, that's my opinion. It's five minutes long. Okay, cool. They don't want to hear me talk for 20 minutes about a show that, let me be real, they're not even going to see even if it come out, come out digitally. So what's the point of me wasting my time and money seeing that? That's why I went to see Bomali One Love, which also will be a show that a lot of people I know probably wouldn't even go and see for reasons, but they'll wait until they come out online. Maybe they might say something, maybe they won't. I don't know. I just saw it because I wanted to see it. I wasn't chasing clout or anything like that, right? But is this idea as content creators now, you know what I mean? As a determinant of content creation, this idea that, oh, you're not supposed to talk about this. You're not supposed to make content about that. No, 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 no. They put you in a box and tell you this is your job, you had to do it. So even when a man like 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 Suckman, who is clearly branching out into into the world of film, he can't talk about the stuff that he he's he's interested in. No, no, he has to stick in this vacuum. He he had to stay he had to stay in this box and keep doing the stuff that he's been doing. You know, from since he was young. You know, what I mean to, to to please you. But then now to you, random content creator out there, when you reach his age or when you reach your forties and fifties, and you look back at your life and you realize. Wow, I just spent like 22 decades of my life just talking about movies. And I even make nothing. I even put anything out in the world. I even create nothing. How would you feel about yourself? But you want to waste your time talking down to somebody who's doing that, right? 
as far as 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 um as Fantano goes, it's just a matter of you know again this whole troll mindset. Now, all right, I have to talk. I have to really beat it into your skull about how toxic this fandom is. But at the end of the day, they're not gonna care, right? But he does what he does because he's passionate about music. You know what I mean? He has skin in the game, right? So why be mad at him? Because one, he doesn't like a record, and two, he doesn't feed into you know this whole bullshit concerning Kanye, right? So. I kind of lose and win here, right? So the point is, I'll just I'll just end things off basically with a quote, right? Um, this is actually from a rap song that Talquali put out last year, right? It's off a of Liberation too. It's a it's a quote that that stuck with me, right? Like ha stuck, right? Uh, but I think it kind of sums up the way how I feel about this and how other people who really don't want to who really don't want anything to do with this discourse should look at this whole situation, whether it's Stockman or whether it's Fantano. I'm an artist. You're creator of content. There's a difference. Really think about that line for a bit. Really think about that line for a bit. And you'll understand why I, I, I decided to talk about this in the first place. Why you feel, why you, Ricardo, feel the way, how you feel about it. And yeah, why I ultimately feel this whole backlash against Stockman and Fantano is just bullshit. It's just clout chasing, just you trying to justify, you know, your attempt at being like Stockman, you know what I mean, and you want to call yourself a, a, a film critic, but and, and a content critic, I, I keep having to bring this up, right, but you mad because he making the stuff that he want to make, and you know, it's almost like he betraying you and he backstabbing what it means to be a, a, a film critic, and it's just all this 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 argument and all this bu- bullshit that ultimately not even going to matter in the grand scheme of things, and not even going to matter when another bad movie comes out, or when a great movie comes out as well too, right? Look right now, at the time of me talking all this right now, Stockman put out a video for um for uh, First Blood, as in the first Rambo movie, right? Yeah, you think you think he's gonna stop what he's doing to care about what all these um these 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 sludge movers care about? No, he's gonna keep on doing the stuff that he's gonna do. And same thing with, with Fantano as well too. But if you feel the need, you know, because you need to you need them clicks and you need you need that ad revenue to just talk down on somebody that you look as a hero, then go on right ahead. But let, believe me, six years, sorry, six months, a year from now, whatever, who's gonna care? Really, who's gonna care? I think I talked long, long enough. I, I'm going to stop there. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say and then we can just move on with your lives. You no, know? Not, really. not really. We could end it here, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we could end this way. But yeah, con- content creators, man, please, just, just, wait, wait, wait the fuck up, man. Like, like stop staying, in, stop, stop putting yourself all right, like, like you're in a box already. You you want to put yourself in a box already. You tell yourself, this is what you have to do for the rest of your life. Fine, right? But don't get mad at somebody who is who has been doing what you're doing right now want to do something different and you want to, like, you know, talk down to him because he's doing that, right? And and then if, if somebody has a perspective on something that you like or you love or whatever, you, you have to fight him down because he, he thinks differently, you know what I mean? Like, Come to Mandra. It's about opinion. It's about opinion at the end of the day, man. Right. So you just leave it at that. All right. So let's talk about some movies for a bit, right? So uh, we begin with the Iron Claw. Um, this was a movie that we, I, I guess we could have gotten. Actually, no. We were supposed to get in theaters last month, and then, as usual, and actually, you know, made actually comment. This was part of. A, this was actually a comment that I made to somebody who. Um, you know, said something about um 
about my um about the review that we put out about the book of Clarence. Uh, but you know, yeah. it was supposed to come out theatrically, but it didn't. I well, the comment I made was, you know, um, local cinemas on the websites always like to put up a poster and tell you, hey, come in, eh? they come in. Then on the week uh, week of or the day of, it doesn't show up and it never shows up again. So yeah, like like Booker Clarence, Iron Claw was supposed to come out last month, and it didn't, and I was not surprised at all, right? I was let down, but I wasn't surprised at all, right? Uh, so yeah, I had to wait for it to come out theatrically, sorry, digitally. Um, I had already heard about how great this movie was, and it was showing up on a lot of people's yeah, top tens, uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I thought, I thought, uh, it, it, well, it's debatable if it would make the top ten, but it, um, it probably wouldn't make my top ten if if I saw it last year. For um, well, well, for me, um, it, it wouldn't have been a top ten, but it certainly would have been in my best of list. That would, in that case, right. for last year, it would have been twenty. It would have been there. Um, I wouldn't even see that honorable mention. I, I think that it's too good or too great to even be yeah. an honorable mention for me, right? It's it's really up there. But yeah, we kind of saw we saw for there one time. But yeah, Ricardo, take it away. What was the what is the Iron Claw about? Oh, uh, basically, it's about the uh, Von Erichs, a uh, very famous wrestling dynasty or family uh, in the nineteen eighties. Wrestling. Well, I forget what the original wrestling is before. Around the time of WWF, it wasn't WWF they was part of. Um, but it was no, it was popular. it was like in the days of like NWE and WCW yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah, that, yeah. that that was long before you know Vince right. Junior. You know the Vince that we know decided, hey, let me right. let's get all these territories together and call it WC, right. um, WWF. Right. Boom, you know. Right. And so yeah, the, the Von Erichs uh, come together. And yeah, it's just the, the well, I remember seeing the documentary on them, and it's about the famous. Uh, yeah, how tragic this this family, how it plays out and why it plays out. And just, you know, is a mix of bad luck, you know, family pressure, and then pressure to success. Um, all these people have, and, you know, all of the, the basically, you know, out of what it was, four brothers. Yeah, three of these brothers, uh, well, spoilers for the film, um, passed away. But why? The, the, con- the context of why is, is really what shocking and interesting. And yeah, this just really comes together as a great little kind of biopic slice of life, you know, time capsule of wrestling and there's something interesting about wrestling um you know wrestling is one of those things that is is a carny culture kind of side culture um subculture kind of thing in the united states you know where they have a lot of young people who just die it's it kind of similar to the to the b-movie slash adult entertainment like side of things and when it comes to american entertainment right it's it's people who is stardom but not the biggest stardom and also incredibly disposable as people um, and, you know, Vince McMahon in a lot of trouble nowadays, and you know, that's a big part of why, right? Uh, but it's because of just the history of it. But what was interesting about, about wrestling to me is that, and it's something I never got until, you know, getting to an adult, is it's fake, right? But then it have a lot of real-world pressure to it, and you forget where, where the pressure, the pressure to it is, is, is inverted, right? Where it's it's a lot of people who effectively, you know, sorry to say it, is a lot of People who come from a disposable life, they have not not the best lifestyle. Usually very poor. They usually have no other options uh, in their life, and then they also get lucky enough to just to get a, a big opportunity in their life to do this, and then they never really make much of it because of me, because of drugs or just not being financially literate in their life in some ways, shape or form. And then the aspect of it that is interesting is the te- the theatrical dimension of it, where oh you have pressure, but not in the direct sports sense of the term, not necessarily. Right. In some cases, the answer is yes. Um, they, they actually are real Olympic wrestlers who are in wrestling. Um, and they have other people who aren't because of just the performance aspect of it. But because they have a good look, <coughs> Goldberg, yeah, but they can't wrestle. But it is they because they, they, they look good and so on and so, so forth. 
um, this balances it out really, really well. You get the sense of, well, somebody who has a real, one of the brothers have a real Olympic um, career, and then the others is more the performative end of things, but is more, they put themselves in the performative dimension of um, wrestling, right? Oh, by the way, this is, if you remember, a Capsicum film. The Capsicum film was about this. Uh, uh, it, well, it was supposed to be, if it, if it finished properly, it would be about that, right? Uh, yeah, this is this idea of this kind of double standard about, this kind of inverted, inverted, I don't know what to call it, inverted um, intent, incentives, right, about wrestling. So it's the old joke that Hulk Hogan used to always make, right? Wrestling might be fake, but I've, I I did nine real back, back surgeries, right? The real uh-huh. world pressures is, in, is inverted and strange because it's more about the aesthetics of wrestling that requires real pressures, right? It's no different from like a, an actress or an adult film actress who have to make sure they have their money because the money not good, but they make sure they have to have the, the stuff squared away and then they have to have a, a workable attractiveness so they'll change their body or they'll manipulate, you'll do some kind of, especially in the age of surgery or nowadays, right? Well, nowadays is, is not just breast augmentation, but, but BBLs and facelifts and all this kind of thing. And they do it for these reasons. Why? Because it's something that people would watch anyway. So why is they changing? Is it, it would it bring them more money? Not necessarily, but it might. Um, we don't know, right? And and so on and so forth. And that's why this this gets into. So um, I forget the actor's name, but he was the, the guy who plays the dad. Um, he was in Mindhunter. I oh, that's where he's from. Can I watch any face? Yeah, you know, from. um, that that's Holt, yeah. um, Holt, uh, McCallany, McCallany. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I was watching his face, yeah, but I didn't know where he was yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy, Daddy Von Eric. Daddy Von Eric puts all the pressures in that way, and you, you get, you know, you get a little bit. Uh, well, it's a little whiplash kind of scenario going on here about pressure and people at the top of the game, but you know, here's why and whatnot. And yeah, they get just they fall through all of the the the, the tragedy of of this kind of aspect of show business. And it's listen, it's a hard watch, but it was pretty good. Um, Zach Efron is excellent to this, and it's a shame that this got. Well, I don't know what this got for Oscars, but I think it pretty much got snubbed. No, yeah, right? it, it it was snubbed, and and well, you know, as I bring right. that up, I'll make the joke. Um, this is Oscar night snub. You know, if you're if if you're, if, right. you're, if, you're, if you're a WWE fan, you'll know what I mean by that. But yeah, Oscar right. night snub. Right. That that's what this movie is. Right, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. But but I thought Zach Efron in particular was great, and then well, my boy from the Bear, he was pretty good too. Um. Uh, what what happened with no, him? I well, just, here's I, the thing. I, I, I watched the face shit and like, yeah. dog, I didn't even know it was him until the end. Yeah, yeah, when Jeremy, I see Jeremy White, Jeremy I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. Red, man from the bear. Wow. I watched this man's yeah, face. Yeah. I watched it in nose too. I like, wait, yeah, yeah, dog, yeah. that was you. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, he, but he, I mean, look, he, 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 get, he get through the bear because he gave him some award last night to a lot of the time of this recording. Like, yeah, he get you. So yeah. I, 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 and, and, and we get to season three just now. We get it just now. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's uh, uh, I just thought this was truly fantastic. This just no, again, this way watching this make me mad about Bob Marley, yeah? <laughs> because this is how you do this. <laughs> I know. This is how you do this. You get it a really great. Oh, and I'm sorry to cut you there, but 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 I was you know as as I was thinking I was here was I was here I was comparing Bob Marley One Love to this movie, right? Um, this 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 movie clocks in at two hours and twelve minutes. But Marley's are hour and forty. As I said yeah. in my review, at an extra half hour, we, we would have been fine. enough. this yeah, yeah. took Lucky. me. You know, this had more time to flesh out the characters yeah. and tell the story. Yeah. What did Marley do? Yeah. Just rush through everything in like what a hundred minutes? I mean, yeah. anyway, yeah. go on. Yeah, no, yeah. So that, yeah, that's about that. And and this this just well, two things it does really well. One, Zakafron looks like. Totally different. Like I remember seeing yeah, the boy. behind yeah. the scenes pictures. I remember seeing the behind the scenes pictures. So it's like, what the fuck going on, Zach Efron? We're going to face something, and then people say, no, you're doing it for a movie. It's like, oh shit, 
like you gonna look different. Like, when you actually see many movies, like wow, I know, like, right? Totally <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But then they what they do also really well is the actual wrestling. Right now, listen, this is bother the hell out of me when they, they they do a sport thing and then they fuck up the sport thing in the movie. Like, dude, that's you want to get get right. You know, um, what you call it? The white man can't jump. Terrible basketball. Hated it. Um, that, that, that's a remake, like, folk. The remake, the remake, the, the original. Remake. Yeah, yeah the, original. <laughs> the original is great. The basketball in the original is great. Really well shot stuff. Remake, total bullshit. Anyway, this, they did the wrestling great. But what they do, they, they make it real artful in terms of like, a real like, almost like, you know, is that that, um, oh gosh, what's the name of this movie? Um, uh, Bull, Bull Durham? Uh, oh, um, Bull, Bull, Bull Durham. The, the, oh gosh. Yeah, um, oh gosh. No, no, sorry. Um, this is Scorsese movie. The boxing. Oh, Rob Rage and Bull, bro? Like, Rage and Bull, Rage and Bull, thank you. But yeah, no, they, they nailed the whole like artful style of how to do this thread in terms yes. of the wrestling. Uh, they made that really, really well done. Where the camera is, why moving weight is. And not like super dynamic or anything like that. Just like in terms of they telling a story and in context of the story and how like where they'll make some really smart cuts of like showing their practicing, but then um having them like make a, a cut when the tragic scenario happens and so on and so forth and just like mix with monologue and just really good editing it just comes together really really well and again it's a real shame that this isn't this get this gets nobody else because i thought this was fantastic and excellent um lily james she had a little side role in this as, as the wife right the girl the um, thing girl I, it was good she she comes again i didn't know she was in this the last time i saw her i remember off the top of my head see you know was the, the beatles movie now the beatles parallel universe movie um oh okay uh, right. I, did, I did see that but yeah, but but the reality star, the star, the star, the story. Um, Efron is so good in this; he comes together really well. And why why it works is that they really get into that whole pressure, carny culture aspect of you know the thing. And then well, you know, you just see these multiple tragedies one after the other, um, with respect to the family. And they 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 really like do a good job of putting things together. I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much. It was a hard watcher because I was in the mood to watch something tragic and and just. Thing, but I remember the story, and I was like, "All right, let me see what it, was the take on this." And I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I don't remember watching any reviews on this anyway, so I don't know how good it was. I just saw a Rotten Tomato score, score, Metacritic score, and that's good. I went to that is kind of mostly blind because, well, I should say, I forget, I forget to get you know, all of the hype around it. And there, so yeah, right, this came out. Let me watch it. Let me give it a shot. And yeah, I didn't expect to enjoy this so much. It was really engaging, really tragic, really. Listen, when it was when it was dark and when it get dark and how they cut to it and they, just the, the sense of foreboding of, of when a tragic event happens. Like, oh yeah, right, this is when this, this happened to this person and this is when that happened to this person. And, you know, that's a simple scene, you know, it's a, it's a time of celebration, but then it, 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 it juxtaposes with a dark moment. Like, you know, just all I'll just say is a bathroom stall. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that part in particular. It's like, jeez, boy, uh, that was rough. And so on and so forth. Um... I kind of love this. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I'd rating. Yeah, get us like a uh, probably like a really high eight, you know, close to nine kind of rating. But yeah, it just comes together and gels together so goddamn well. Um, yeah, I kind of love this movie. Right. So fun fact: I'm a wrestling fan, but I would not call myself <laughs> uh, a diehard like you know nerd when it comes to like the early days, right? Like the seventies yeah. and and eighties where this movie is set in, right? Um, and for one thing, I love how... Well, Alright, so just to get this out of the way, right? The color grading in this movie, boy. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> yeah, it looked so great, though. Like, I'm watching shots, like... Because it's not just, okay, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not just you try to emulate the times or whatnot, right? But it's just the right... 
it's it's just the right tone that they choose for a majority of the shots, right? Whether it's yeah. the wrestling scenes or outside, right? Like like that, right? Yeah. Um, another thing they do so well, Dredd, is a great way of of showing you um you know uh, pasture time, right? They actually recreate TV title cards for yep. certain, for yeah. major matches for great. significant like, matches. Yeah, it, it does, it when does, I see yeah, that, I was like, job. all right, all right, round of applause, round of applause. Yeah, they do a great yeah. job. Yeah. They do a great job. The time capsule stuff, like they really yes. nail the time and they make it work. And what I like about it is because because this was long before my time. I have no working memory of of this stuff. Like my earliest working memory of like wrestling was you know Ted DiBiase and 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 um, well, well, DBRC, DBRC. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah DBRC and, and we call it um, Hulk Hogan and just watching that stuff on, on, on VHS in the early days, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a working sense of them. This was right before that. And what it nails, though, is I just see, again, the disposable nature of these people in terms of time passing. Like, yes, just, yes. Yeah, one of these characters, you know, if they had, like, say, workable healthcare, they would have easily solve, solve a certain problem. But because nobody catch it and they couldn't, and not, I don't think it's a product at the time, they just didn't deal with it because they couldn't deal with it. Um, yeah, he did. Like it's he can do anything about. Yeah. Um, and you know, just in our our lifetime, all the the, the sad, sad tragic deaths of wrestlers. Wrestlers barely make it beyond fifty. Like it's really really sad to hear Care Undertaker and, and Stone Cold talk about this stuff. Like when they talk about it on the podcast, whatever it is, it's rough stuff. Like you know, and it, some of it is largely avoidable, but a lot of it is like, oh yeah, right. You know, most of it is like just a healthcare thing. He just he didn't have the money for that, and mm. it's like, wait, this big superstar didn't have the money to deal with that. Jeez, wait. And so on and so forth. And this just nailed these like largely avoidable but product it's time kind of tragedies. You know? Yes, uh, yes, yes. To, uh, um, so on and so forth. Right. And they, they nailed that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I really appreciate the show for is that they didn't sugarcoat the whole nature of wrestling. Right. Yes. They. Yeah. You know. To. You know. Especially because I know there are some people who still don't really know. And I'm not saying youngsters, but who still don't really know that this is indeed choreographed stuff that you see here, right? It's 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 theater, right? Yeah. But just in, in a it's, sport. It's still, it's still real to me, damn it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that, right? Because yeah. um, uh, But how they do those moments, right? Um, So, like, you will see, like, um, case in point, right? Where characters will talk about the moves that they're going to do, right? Now, that would have, like, if if another director had had did that, it would have just been like, oh well, that's just to show just how fake in quotes wrestling is. But it's like, no, it's really about what they're gonna put themselves up, uh, what they're gonna put themselves through, you know, to entertain yeah. this crowd, right? So yes, yeah. they, they talk about one, one second, they, they they talk about the moves they're gonna pull, right? But right. when they actually pull it off, um, men men can get hurt, right? Maybe yeah. not now, but in the long term, when they keep doing that. Um, yeah. at this one point, I'll, this last point I'll make, and then I'll just pause for a bit, right? There's a great moment. I, I, it's, it's just how they juxtapose the nature of wrestling with the reality that what these characters have to face, right? Um, a character, they're gonna see who is doing all these bumps, right? So that what bumps mean is that like um, it's where you you basically like fall, um, like wait 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 like a fallner, right? So like if you like if you hit your knee or if you fall on your back or whatnot, those are bumps. So like when you're actually doing the performance itself, yes, performance. Um, yeah, you you have to fall, bam, on your on your back now. It's not like oh you know you just kind of fall lightly. No, it's bam, right? But the more practice you do, the more the more um times you do it, the more you stick you 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 get to falling smack on your on your on your back, right? But imagine doing this for years and years and years and practicing all this kind of stuff, right? So even when you kneel it, 
yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have some sort of long term effects on you, and it's just the moment where this character is doing it. But you understand why in the context of the show he's doing it. Yeah, do those work for me, right? So I just again love the juxtaposition of oh, this is the performative side of wrestling with this is the reality that these wrestlers have to face on a daily basis. I love that about the show. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh they, they get into the aspect of the game itself. But as I said, the, the whole the real like layers of wrestling in terms of like what the competition is, because a lot of it is I you know, Salt Park make the old joke is is basically like theater or um, I forget what it's called, the theater in New York. Um but uh, it's theater no, for Reddick. Well, Broadway, Broadway. Right, right. It's Broadway for, for Reddick. So I think the kind of the, 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 the you know, really crass kind of simplistic joke they always make about that. But yeah, it's kinda of like that. It's a pro for the rednecks kind of thing. But the, and the, the dimension of it I didn't get is that it's about theater itself as a star. Like, you as a star and how, what you're going to get, how it is you're going to jump or get a career. If, if anybody knows what, um, if you know who, what is by the Montreal Screwjob is, right? Oh, yeah. I, real... I, I know about that. I mean, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But is that, a, is that a real problem or a fake problem? And, you know, if you, if you get my, my, my point. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, well spoiler problem. alert, it's a real problem. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. It is. So, but, but there's, there's an interest in that dimension. But why why do that if, if, if quote-unquote, wrestling is fake? So, where's the real part of it that's the problem, right? The show business, right? The aspect of who should be a star and why and whatnot. And, and there's a whole interesting dimension of why, wait, who cares about whether or not Bret Hart get a, get a, a fake title or whatever it is? What, why does that matter? And, you know, I that's why this works really well in terms of, like, the father and the pressure of that. Now. Again, it's a little whiplashy kind of scenario. Kind of it is, up, yeah. Right? I thought this was like so well done. That part of the characterization really, really works. Yeah. Um, really, really works. I mean, the ending, that last piece with, with him choking the dad, though, is like, wow, Jared. That real dark. Jared. All right. Well, and, well, here, here's the thing. I, thought, as, I want to spoil it. No, no. Well, yeah, well, but, well, don't spoil beyond that. But um, right. when I saw that, boy, I would not like yeah, to hear, right? But that and the scene surrounding it, boy, close to isn't it? Yeah, that I was real brutal. I felt. Every second of that, but I felt the anger the character was going through, and the fear the father was going through, and again the, the context of what happened before, boy, I, yeah, I felt that I really felt that, and yeah, they, they, it, it as you say, it's a tough film to sit through because yeah, they yeah. were um all right. So I know a criticism that some people will have is that you don't see the death. You just hear about it, right? It's just nah, yeah, a, moment, to, a moment, a moment where yeah, where I, where I, I, it, I, I, I it kind of happens. Yeah. yeah. Um. I thought that was very well handled. It, 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 it could tell it did that the, the filmmakers did that out of respect of the of the Von Eric family. They did that for that. Right. They didn't want right. to glorify yeah, I, the debt or you know like you know make it bigger than, than it actually is, right? It's it's all about the family and how they respond to you know these these sudden deaths and of course there's a grief that follows as well too, right? So yeah, there is this somber tone throughout it, right? And, and I love how the show itself was smart enough to say, okay, yes, it is about primarily 80s wrestling so we could you know hype it up and you know enjoy you know kind of celebrate the you know go go into nostalgia mode and celebrate oh how fun it was to see guys like you know the ultimate warrior or hulk hogan but it's like no that's not what the show is about who they got for thing? For, 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 for Ric Flair. I'm about to talk about Flair. I'm about to talk about Flair, yeah. I'll get to Flair in a bit, right? Yeah, we could we could do that. We could have glorified, you know, well, basically the whole rock and roll 80s glam rock. Well, it's not glam rock that they were going into, but you know what I mean? Like 80s rock stuff 
the vibe of that though, like it was fun to to be a wrestler and to want to be a wrestler. That's not what the show is about. It's yeah, it is about wanting to be successful and famous and all that too. But the prices you have to pay, both physically and emotionally, right? Um, about about Ric Flair, I know that is a big criticism. I know it is. Here's the thing. Yes, the guy doesn't look like Flair. He doesn't sound like Flair. Nah, yeah. But the promo that man did was brilliant. I don't. I, it's, yeah. it's probably the same thing that he did in real life. I don't know, right? But is in terms of the conflict that's going on, right? That well, the fight basically that was leading up to a which of the Von Erich brothers he was going to fight, right? That promo was brilliant. Like like. Dialogue wise, you know, like just how he was, how he, how he said it now, what the words were. Uh, but yes, you can look at Flair and be like, no, nah, you don't look like Flair. Although I do love the fact, slight spoiler, that they they nearly the whole, you know, blood from the forehead go into the into the white hair right. thing. I was looking for that. I was like, I hope they do that. And they did that. I was like, all right, I love that. That was great, right? Um, but yeah, on the subject of that, though, performances were great, though. Zach, um, Zach Efron, sorry. Boy, that man, that man really work hard to to, to, to to get into that role, boy. I will give him that, right? Yep. And yeah, it is truly an Oscar-worthy performance. It's not just, you know, looking tough and, you know, kneeling in the voice, but no, it's the, it's the character and just the emotions that he have that he basically bottles inside, you know what I mean? And then it's at, you know, a certain crucial moment where he lets it all out, like that moment we mentioned with the dad, right? Um... Jeremy White again. I didn't. I was watching the man face. I uh, watching the news. I wait. I know this guy, you know. But then I seen him. Was like, oh shit! I didn't know it was him, right? Um, Harris Dickinson, who plays um David. You know, he was he was great as yep. well. Um, Mike. Well, sorry, Stanley Sim, um Simons, who plays Mike. That's the youngest one. The, you know, the one who isn't really the bull. He's not the bulliest. He's not the biggest out of all of them, right? Um, yeah, his his. His his story arc though was was rough though, you know what I mean? Because yeah, he he trying to be like his brothers and they all like beefed up and whatnot. But it's like, well, I I passionate about this thing too because you know it's a family thing. I grew up on this though, and yeah, where his story went, but I was like, wow, boy, this this hit him, man, or this this real hit him, right? Um, few more things. Apparently, there's this. It's not really so much a controversy, but um, apparently, I didn't even notice, right? Because um, all right, so. Outside of just me watching wrestling, you know, ever so often, right? Um, there's a great show on um, on Vice Land or Vice TV, whatever you want to call it, right? Called Dark Side of the Ring. I strongly recommend right. that you watch that, right? In in the first season, they had an episode about the Von Erics, and I actually recapped it right. after watching this, right? And yeah, I was reminded that there was another brother that was actually uh, removed out of this. This is Chris okay. Von Eric, right? Who is the youngest out of all of them, right? Because they mentioned a young brother. But that was he wasn't he he well let me just say he didn't become a wrestler that's all I see right but there was another one who who actually died right and um yeah I actually read up how he died and yeah it's it's rough though it's really rough right but yeah um well what they said is that um the, apparently the, well, the 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 filmmakers felt that if they added him to the story uh yeah the story would have run on longer that that's right. what they're going with right I understand um personally I would have added him into the story. To make it even okay. more, like, all right, it's about the tragedy of the Von Eric. So you have to see everybody, not exclude one brother because of runtime. I understand, but if it was me, I would add that brother into it, right? Especially for wrestling news, you'll be like, but you will have the crystal. Why he not to the show? Because everybody else who who have no clue who the Von Erics will will just think, oh, it's just three brothers and nothing more. And then you come and say, oh, is it a fourth one? So I'm him, right? You know, and they don't even mention him at all, though. You know, so 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 it's right. like that. 
So, but again, I, but that's just, you know, money, uh, money morning quarterback, right? But personally, I felt he should have been in the story, right? But nonetheless, though, um, this was fantastically told. This was fantastically made. I love the direction in this, the cinematography. Um, not that much needle drops, though, but the, the ones that are there work so, as well. They're the, they the usual, they're the usual standard stuff. Don't fear the Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because the late 70s and all that kind of stuff. That's right. cool, right? But how did this kneel that era, though, you know what I mean, of yeah, that's just basically that that whole okay, we're in Texas and you know we, we need we need to deal the vibe of oh it's the weekend. Alright, let's go to this one stadium or one venue and watch this wrestling match, right? So it's not as glamorized as say like the, the WWF or the WCW, which one of the Von Erics and I'm going to, right? So it's not as yeah. big or I should say televised as that, right? It's not as big as that, right? But just the small scale aspect of it and how it grew over the years, I love, right? Um the dad, right? Um, you know, just yeah, just that whole whiplash aspect of him just pushing his sons pretty much saying, I want you to, to, to go and win the, the, the championship belt and you had to you had to wait. I mean, yeah, just that whole competitive nature though. Like you see just how toxic yeah. it is and how it blows up in his face, right? Um I even like the, the mom, right? Doris, right, who's played by Maura Tierney. And yeah, just her small role, even though it, it, it's yeah, not... Enabling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah nailed the whole, the whole enabling aspect of it. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah, she was, right? Because it's all about, you know, it's about the legacy and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she could have step in and say, Jack, right? That, that's the father. Yeah, Jack, take it easy, you know, like, like you know, let them live their lives, I right? know that kind of stuff, right? Um, I do agree with you. Um, Lily James was great as well. She ends up being... She, she's, she plays Kevin's girlfriend and then now wife, right? Um, and then lastly, before I get to rating too, so so slight little fun fact, right? Um, in promoting this show here too, right? Because um, I think the, the the only brand that was really promoting this show was AEW, right? Um, one of the, the wrestlers, well, one of the, the main wrestlers in that, he's called himself MGF, right? He's one of the executive producers of that show, right? And um, Chavo Guerrero Jr., who you who you would know as, I believe he's the brother, I think he's the brother of Eddie Guerrero, right? The late great Eddie right. Guerrero. Yeah, right, he handled right. the choreography in, in this. And I was like, yeah, right, like, nice choreography was hard. Like, like Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but it's for me, what I love about it, it's not so much about the moves and all that kind of stuff, right? Apparently, the choreography was so great. It's as if they literally recreated bump for bump, right, shot for shot. The matches, yeah. you know, every, all, yeah. all the movements, everything was, was timed, you know. They yeah, did that well. But what I love, though, and a good thing that you bring up, um, Raging Bull, is where the camera is set. Like the camera mm-hmm. would either be widescreen, so you'll see the whole venue, but it'll be in the ring itself and where it's blocked. You know, we where where the camera is placed and where the where the actors are blocked to adds to the intensity, adds to the whole feel of all right, we really want you to feel how it is to be inside of this ring. So it's not just all right, I have to memorize a move, I have to pull this off one, two, three, four, five, blah, blah, blah. No, it's about the impact of it and you know how the, the, the audience responds to it. And yeah, how how the people themselves feel, right? When they when they get thrown over the, the ring and they hit concrete. How they gonna feel about that? How they gonna feel after that does? So I love how, you know, the camera itself, you know, being like this choreography and all too, just kneels that, right? But yeah, um it is a tough watch though, just because of the themes of death and grief and whatnot, boy. Um yeah. it hit many gut quite a lot though. Um that one one moment that I say with the dad, um getting choked up by legit ring man tears out of me because I felt that anger. I really, really felt that, man. In the context of what happened, boy, wow, right? That, that, that really hurt, right? Yeah. But last thing before I get to written, so um, not spoiling anything, right? But 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 Kevin's sons, right? The, the two sons that, that you know, he had, right? 
uh, they are actually, you know, wrestling right now. Um, they actually made a, a, a couple of appearances really? in, okay. in wow. AEW. I was like, hey, that, that's cool. And they do the whole barefoot thing. And last but not least, they even do the Iron Claw. Okay, yeah, that's a move that, you know, that the right. father perfect and everybody do, which Grand, is, right. yeah, right. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 right. right, their grandfather. So basically, you know, it's like, you know, a, um, it, it, it's funny because you remember a lot of like martial arts films because they always do that you know what I mean so they always have to like like um hit, you know like always try to pinch your your, um, your neck or in this case is your temples and they, you know they, they they try to hit your um your pressure points there you know what I mean I know it's not technical like that with wrestling but it's how it looks you know so yeah, yeah. it's cool that you know Kevin's sons are not just following the new legacy of their um you know well per- um, father and grandfather but they're also doing that whole move as well, you know. So, yeah, so even with all the tragedy and whatnot, and even see it in the end of this movie, yeah, the legacy still lives on, man. I, I actually love, just lastly, how the curse is broken. That That's how I see it. How it's shown right. was beautiful. And again, hit me, hit me, it, it hit me in the heart. I felt it. I felt it throughout, right? So, yeah, for me, I'm going to give this um, a light four and a half out of five, man. I really, really, really enjoy this, man. Um, I would have loved to see this in theaters. Um, I, I I wish it had a, a at least a push in Trinidad though, because yeah, I mean there are wrestling fans down here and they would see it exactly. just to at least learn the story about like one of the most influential, um, you know, yeah, families all, in the it, game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because in our generation, when we think of wrestling tragedy, we think of Owen Hart, right? Like that is why yes, I just think yes. of well, maybe Owen Hart and maybe Chris Chris Benoit to an extent. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so it, you know, and then yeah, you always think, oh yeah, look, we talk a bunch of wrestlers who just dead real young and thing, but Eddie Guerrero dead and China and you know all these people. It's like wow, like you know, re- you know, it riddled with these this kind of disposability to it, no? right? And, and again, all these little side 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 candy culture type um B movie entertainment like the adult film industry is also like that. It and a couple of those they died recently, um, and so on and so forth. B movie stars, whatever it is, right? Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that they, they did it in the context of this and that story with their family, um, as it is. Again, ugh, one love, come on. That, this is the kind of shit you ought to be doing. Like, I, I, I know, up, boy. And, 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 it's, and not, it's not just the longer run time, though, but it's just the, yeah. the subject material, right, that is being yeah. covered, right? It's yeah. not just about, you know, the Von Erics themselves as wrestlers, yeah. but it's about the deeper stuff going on behind the scenes. That's what we yeah. wanted with One Love, and we didn't really get that, right? But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I and Claude nailed that, like in terms of yeah. really representing who the family was and all that, and their legacy in wrestling, but also, yeah, the deep, dark stuff that they had to deal with, man. Like, it's, it's rough stuff, right? But yeah, I, I would say, like, whether you're wrestling buff or not, um, you should definitely check it out, though. But just be forewarned, this is a tough watch. Um, yeah, grief, grief, grief and loss is gonna hit you but like just hit you as much as you know all these moves that is we see that you will see these characters you know yeah, do right in that. the ring right but yeah absolutely we'll check it out right and uh, up next i will talk about the zone of interest um sure. this was a show that i was hearing about since it was making its run in um i think it's from T- i think it's tiff I think like that was like the first festival it you know made its um it started its run with and I think it went to Cannes and all that kind of stuff right. So what is this about right? Um, so this is the the latest film from Jonathan Glazer. I say latest right. because um this is the first film he's made in ten years. The last one yeah. being Under the Skin, which is right. a show that I didn't. I, I like. I, I I like it. I don't love it. Love it. Love it. I, I think I saw it like right. once or t- I think I saw it twice in my life. Right. Um, 
I love its surreal nature. Very, very Lynchian in terms of, of what it's about, right? Um, and then how we get Scarlett Johansson in it, right? You know, right, and, yeah, and yeah. it's just honestly, it's it's almost like Eurus ahead, but it's also like the man who fell to Earth. So it's the idea yeah. of this alien who is on Earth and trying to understand humans, but in this case, because she's a very attractive woman. You know, she's trying to understand why men are attracted to her in that way. And, well, you know, the whole thing is that she's feeding off of them. She kind of puts them in this weird kind of black pit. But, you know, the, the whole surrounding of it is pitch black as well, too. Um, Even that image as well, too, you, you, you've seen it copied in, in other shows. I'll never forget, yeah. Um, like, um, oh, gosh, uh, Earl Sweatshirt, right? A uh, couple right. of his videos, I think Grief, good uh, Grief, right? Yeah, emulate that whole thing. Um, Also, I think it's in a previous video that he did. There's a thing, I, I don't know what the term is, right? But basically, it's where it's set at night, right? But um, you see in the character, but the character looks pale white and everything around them is black now, you know what I mean? So it's okay, kind of like, like a... a like a, like a, a kind of reverse silhouette kind of thing. That, I think that's the best way to sum it up, right? Um, right? I know it's a film technique. I know it's something he was doing in film from like way, 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 way back, right? Uh, but how... Not day for night, what it is? for night like photography i know it's how a lot of photographers do that however so, something like that right but but yeah okay, it, no, no, no. It, it it looks kind of like post-produced in a sense right so right. yeah so it's it's a way that you see the character but the character looks ghoulish because it's they, they mostly in white right but the backgrounds around them or at least certain um you know things in the background are in white but everything else is pitch black right i, I know okay. that well, it, um, it, it could be it could be that's a, a, a form of double exposure to be fair I think that I, I think that's it too. I'll, I'll go with that double exposure. I think that's well, it. Right? Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about double exposure because of something in the next thing we're gonna talk about. Okay, so, okay, that. right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember Earl Sweatshirt kind of paid homage to that with his videos, right? And then also to um, Stranger Things, did the whole thing right. with you know, especially with um, Lily Bobby Brown's character and this whole like when she kind of goes into her head, you know, see you see this kind of like weights of like um. It's like a pool, like this black pool, and you go in, and it's it's that right. Yeah. That image I know came directly from under the skin, right? And you know, over the years, I hear about how you know it's ranked amongst one of the greatest films of the twenty tens. I feel like yeah. if I have to watch it, if I watch it over, I appreciate it more. But like, I appreciate as uh, uh, I as don't, a, it, it could not yeah, it, it I, I like it as, a, as an experimental, it like an experimental film. It, it works, but I think just narratively, yeah. it just didn't. It 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 just it's not like there, there could have been more with the narrative like I understand right. he wanted to keep it sparse and whatnot, but there could have been more right. that could have been told with the story so it just felt more stylish than you know it, it was more style and substance in my opinion right but yeah what are your right. thoughts quickly on, on, on the skin yeah no I remember just I remember liking it not loving it but less liking it just like oh right it, it works it's interesting you know Scarlett Johansson doing something that's not the Marvel stuff cool you know all I, all I spotted and I, I, I just couldn't um but it, it didn't stick with me. It is like it's a cool, cool imagery. It it has some interesting things to say about about like gender and whatnot. But that I don't remember it sticking with me in any meaningful sense. Like yeah, okay, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine, right? So yeah, ten years later, um, he he puts out the zone of interest, right? So let me just get into oh. what it's about right now, right? So it is set, um, well, you know, it's 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 in Germany, right? So it's set in nineteen forty three, right? Uh, we are introduced to Rudolf Huss, right? If I got the, the, the surname, the pronunciation wrong, forgive me, right? 
who is a real life um, SS officer, right? Um, he actually yes. was executed around the time of the Holocaust, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know all the I don't know all the historical aspects with him, right? And um, he works at the Auschwitz concentration camp, right? So yes. the setup of it, right? Like like I, I, like. I was aware of it going into it, right? Just off of what was the, what was talked about in reviews and all that kind of stuff, right? So I don't know if this is true or what that, right? But this is a story that that is being told here. It's actually based off of a novel, right? I'm not sure if the novel itself is based entirely on fact. I don't know, right? I, it, it could be, right? So Rudolf, his wife Hedwig, and their kids live in a house in 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 a house right um that that you know the the, the Führer got for them right right and it is literally opposite of that camp so what this show does right is that it's showing you uh should mention too right well the wife her name is Hedwig she's actually played by um Sandra Huller right who I mentioned before um, being nominated for Best Actress for Anatomy of a Four, right? So in this right. case, okay. here she's talking pure German. She's not doing the whole English, German, French thing like what she did in that film, right? She's talking pure German here, right? So she's all like ecstatic and happy that, you know, she's living in such a great house. She even invites her mom over. It's like, you know, look at my house and, you know, like look at my garden and all these great flowers and, you know, look at how nice everything is, right? But literally across the street or, you know, a short distance from where they live, is a concentra- is a concentration camp where Jews are being tortured and killed. And right. the show just does that. Like it's just how to say like the show in general is just an exercise in how to unsettle the viewer without right. showing you anything. So while you see in this family just going about their day, whether it's getting breakfast or kids outside playing, whether it's indoors or outdoors, in the background, at the, in, the, in the distance, you are hearing what sounds like industrial noise, right? But you'll also hear like, you know, a guard or like some commandant, whoever it is, or a soldier, right? Like an SS soldier yelling, you know, da 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 all that kind of stuff. You will hear what sounds like prisoners, you know, crying or yelling and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, you would see smoke, you know what I mean? You'll see sutiny and whatnot. It's actually um, a, a really like unsettling moment where um, where where Rudolf and his and I think it's what one of his kids right they they actually like um canoeing right or kayaking I think it's canoeing right and you're seeing like the sediment just come into the river and then you realize that that was that was human flesh right that was human flesh that is now you know in this water right now and he sees that he knows what it is and he's like chase he's like you know we need to get out now and he you know there's these other um two of his other kids are fishing i believe it is and he's like chasing them out right because he knows what's going on there right and while we've seen all this going on it could have it just been simply oh let's just see the life of this nazi family you know living opposite this place um rudolph is now rising higher in the ranks now because you know he is he is always serious about his work. He always goes to work. He always does his job, right? Um, and well, slight spoiler: the the advance that he is um he is expecting now involves him being primarily in co- um involved now in the Holocaust. So you right. know they're gonna move these these prisoners now, and you know they they're gonna just wipe them away, like completely waste them away, right? And they want him to be part of it, right? 
he has his plans and is you know well you know in the, in the whole framing of the show you know he has ideas and you know how to go about this and you know he's talking about why he's great and you know it had a, other people rooting for him and all that stuff but slowly but uh, slowly and surely you really see how all this stuff really affects him like his job what he's doing you know this whole um thing with the with the jew prisoners and all that kind of stuff and i'll stop there right so again what this show is is just basically an exercise in unsettling the viewer dread without showing you anything right um and i thought that jonathan did a fantastic job doing that way um right it's not disturbing it's not frightening you wouldn't go you wouldn't watch this and then go and sleep and then you 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 know you know you can't sleep again nightmares it's not like that right but it's the whole complicit nature of this family and everybody else right. who who involved in all of this right you know um, yeah, let's call that, um i forget the term they call it again um banality banality of evil right that that, that that's it yeah right. but um the banal um the, the banality sorry of evil that that's what the show yeah is addressing right but it's also right. the whole complicity or complicit nature of it too right because it's not just knowing that you're doing something bad and just denying it right but is the normal going about your day yeah acting banality. like you know everything banality is normal of... everything is normal yeah, banality, but... but that's exactly what, that's only banality of you all right all right oh, just, oh, oh, yeah. okay but um all right so yeah. so i guess what i'm trying to say is that yes there are people who are aware of it right but there are people, and let me just be real, they are the kids who right. don't even know. They have no clue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not like the father, or it's not like the parents are telling them, you know, don't go there because some bad stuff are happening. They, they you know, in their in their heads, they, they believe that it's not really to think, it's not really anything we're thinking about now because they're kids, right? So it's like that, right? Um, so, yeah, they, they, there's moments set on the kids and, you know, how they just go about their day as well too. It's not a lot of time spent on them though. But you can understand, yeah, just just how dark this all feels as well, right? There's one yep. moment involving one of the kids and him. Actually, I I don't know. I don't think it's like for the first time in his life, right? I can't really say. I love the how the show leaves them ambiguous, right? But yeah, he is overhearing somebody being killed, right? Like somebody, right. you know, being uh, more or less being found out by these guards and and shot at, right? Or being tortured or whatnot. And it's how he goes about this way. It's so disheartening, right? So yes, um, like 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 the Iron Claw, this is a, a really really rough film to sit through, right? Um, right? But again, it's what the beauty of it, right? The beauty, right? Is again, is just how unsettling it is without showing you much, right? I was actually surprised at the rating of this being peach duty, right? Okay, you think something like this of such a dark nature would be like a um a rated R film, like say Shinless, this for example. And also, fun right. fact, even um, Steven Spielberg come and say, yo, this is like one of the, probably the best movie about the Holocaust that I've ever seen since I did Schindler's List back right. in 1993. Right. Like, like, yeah, J- Jonathan Glazer get a co-sign from Spielberg. Think about that for a yeah. sec, right? Think about that, right? But yeah, um, this was just excellently put together, though. Um, one, one, one reason why the show works, though, is the sound design, though. Like, you could tell... I, I just speculate, but you could tell that, that Jonathan studied Eerie's ahead, right? Okay, yeah, that, right. that shows a pure example of how to do a really creepy and really unsettling um sound, you know, soundscape, right? And this is where, you know, the whole industrial noise comes in, right? Okay, just hearing all these, you know, rumblings going on across the street, right? But at the same time, you're hearing dogs, you're hearing yells, you're hearing screams, you're hearing 
you know you know you know something bad and insidious is going on right and this is just hovering over this pretty much i um um you know this happy wholesome home right you know what i mean and it's just it's just messed up though it's just really incredibly messed up right but yeah from a sound design perspective i love how you know um you know how how the mood of the show is set up right also cinematography yeah, you could say you could say it's okay so i've got me got dumb joke you could say it's virtual insanity aha aha ah yeah 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 I, I see what you did there i see what you did there yeah. um so yeah i am not surprised that this movie is nominated for best sound um i I'd, right. I'd, I'd personally be happy if it wins best sound though um it's best sound although i really think oppenheim will win that's just me but Right. The sound for this was great though because yeah like literally in every scene you are just hearing this though and it works right um what this could win right is best international feature film though um i right. really think that this is a shoe in to win but then again i haven't seen stuff like society of the snow or perfect days i haven't seen those right but yeah i am right. rooting for this to win right best adapted screenplay i can't really say for sure because i'm not familiar with the, with the swap material right um best director well deserved well deserved that nomination I don't think he's gonna win I think it will be right. Nolan but nah I thought that Jonathan really killed it with us right and it's, it's not just just well, alright so just out the gate right despite the morbid morbid material this, this film has right um, this show looks brilliant right just yeah. gorgeously in terms of just the, the cinematography the color grading um, and even like just the um the, the, the blocking and all that too, right? Where the camera is placed, where it's moved and all that. Um, the what one one smart call that Jonathan me with this is kind of making it sort of like a cinema verity kind of style. Um, some right. scenes. So when it's like interior shots and it involves dialogue, it's almost right. it's, it's you know most scenes are, are done in such a way. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, um, behind the scenes there were cameras set up in various parts of these interiors. So, you know, just to make sure that um, they, they, they capture every moment, right? So it's, so to speak, right? So, yeah, you know, even the way how, you know, the actors move are very realistic, or at least in relation to what, it, you know, in terms of the story being told, right? It feels very, like, flying the wall. Like, like, you're literally just there watching these characters just go about their danger, and it just adds to the whole morbid nature of the show itself, right? So, yeah, I, I, am, I am actually glad that Jonathan was, 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 was um, you know, got nominated for this, right? As far as best picture though, um, I think that the nomination is rightfully deserved as well. I don't think right. it will win, but oh. I think that it deserves a, a, a best picture nomination because yeah, right. this nice this one. is this is a show that um, and you know you we could get into the argument of you know why are we still making films about the Holocaust and you know slavery and all yeah. these other things. But it's like no, yeah, the never, story never, had to be never told. Again. Yeah. yeah, never again. The stories have to be told, right? And I just love that it's framed. More from the parents themselves, right? It's more about the the, the, right. the father, right? But it's really about the parents themselves. Um, it's the mother who knows about what's going on, right? But you know, she's happy that she has a home and she doesn't want to leave right. because she can't afford this. Or what you say, she feels like she deserves this house, right? So I don't right. care if when I go into bed, literally, there are moments where characters are sleeping, and you are still hearing this industrial noise. You are still hearing people being killed and all that kind of stuff. And even when, and you know, the solution is just to you know, close the window. That's it. And you think that's it. That's how it solves the problem. Like, no, come on, right? Um, especially the father himself, right? And him going to this job and, you know, feeling like, oh, well, you know, I have to do right by my peers. I have to do right for my country and, you know, the Führer and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
and just his rise of power works as well um real this this how how it's done right uh where it ends right so there's a let me just call it a denouement right i don't want to call it a, a climax but there's a denouement where the it's sort of the equivalent of the end of shillings right but I would say this is like the reminder to those who still wonder why there's a movie about the Holocaust. It's a reminder of why not just Germany, but the world have to remember stuff like this, right? And it's just done in... Alright, so slight spoiler. It's where the film actually decides to go full silent. Like, like there's barely any noise in it because like, say, throughout you're just hearing you know, this weird noise and all that kind of stuff, right? This industrial noise. But it's where the show is like primarily quiet and the more, you know, like giving you a moment to like really reflect on things, right? That day no more really sums up why stuff like that, why, why we should, you know, remember things like that, right? And it's so powerful in its subtlety, right? But it totally works, right? And how it compares to, 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 um, to, to Rudolph's rise in, in terms of being involved in the Holocaust now is, is haunting, right? But it, it totally works as well, right? Um, lastly, um, there is a score for this. Well, there's music. I don't want to say a score, right? And it's actually done by um, Micah Lev- um, Levy, right? That that That's their stage name, right? Um, right. They, they actually worked on Under the Skin as well. Well, they were actually responsible right. for the really like weird score that we got for that, right? Um, but... What they did for this though really, really, really worked here, right? Um, how how can this it's it's like a weird thing that they do with this, right? So basically it's again, it's all about unnerving you, right? It's basically like taking a particular piece of music, right? Or like a, a particular chord progression or arpeggio, if you want to call it that, right? Or if it's yeah. like vocalized or whatever, right? And it just keeps pitching it, pitching it, pitching it, pitching it, pitching it, right? To the point, like it just, it's it's escalating. It just keeps increasing into the intensity and whatnot, right? But it's just pitching it, pitching it, changing the pitch, changing it, changing it, changing it, right? And it seems almost endless until, like you know, the scene doesn't require it or the song ends. It's a weird thing that 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 Micah does, though. But like when you hear it, trust me, boy, that 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 shit will get to you, boy. It will, it will, it would freak you out, right? It's our old Brazilian movie. But it sounds like so weird, boy. Um. Yeah. Well, 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 you know the name of, the, of, of that Brazilian film? Shit, bro. It's slipping my mind right now. It's a Western. It's our old Brazilian Western movie. You know, it's our old desert in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it, it start, it start the, the, the whole video. It just is, it's fucking weird. <laughs> like, that is the video. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I should look that up, though. Like, um, Karen, yeah. I know you, I remember you mentioned a Brazilian Western in the past, right? Um, yeah. But I feel like I should know what it is. But I, I'll look it up. Okay, it's all interesting, right? But yeah, is that pitching... To the point of like escalating things that like reason the intensity of it too. It's so jarring, boy, but it works, right? It works in terms of story being too, right? Especially the, the, the piece of music used during the closing credits play. Whew. Again, I don't know right. how they did it though, but <laughs> boy, that got under me, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's so funny that this is, you know, Jonathan's follow-up to Under the Skin, because, yeah, the show got under my skin, but in a great way, right? And, yeah, again, it's not an easy watch, though, but it's a, it's a needed watch, it's a necessary watch, though. It's really a haunting reminder of why, yeah, we should remember the Holocaust, or why we should remember the atrocities done to these, um, well, you know, well, it's, I, I should say, I, I should mention, lastly, um, you know, um, well, you know, it's not just about 
Germany, but also Poland as well, too, right? You know, just right. you know the Jews that lived there and what they had to go through as oh, well. Yeah, right? people, people, yeah. yeah, that's like you know, like um, well, my 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 favorite movie of uh, the 2010s, uh, Son of Saul. Yeah, some of the most brutal yeah stuff was in Germany. <laughs> it was the little side the satellite state stuff. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Um. And and you know um actually actually uh, another reviewer that, that I checked out well actually is Mark Mark Kermode, right the um legendary British okay. critic also yeah, compared yeah. this to the Son of Soul as well too so I love that he did right that, right? Right, 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 yeah. right yeah yeah but um at the end of the day this is well deserving of his Oscar noms but I am rooting for this nice. to win best international feature film um so yeah for me I'm gonna give this a decent a strong four and a half out of five boy. this is one of the nice best nice things I, again it's unnerving though. And I don't see myself watching this in a hurry, but in terms of what it is, right? What it's about and how it tells the story with sound and with visual and all that kind of stuff without showing you the actual atrocities and violence taking place. Yeah, was was well, was, was fantastically done. Fantastically done, in my opinion, man. Um, it's not going to be for everybody, right? It's a lot similar to, to Under the Skin. It's, it's artsy, right? But it's great acting. It's one of those shows that if you have the patience for it and yeah, if you have the stomach for it, yeah, you will come out of it like, yeah, I, I, I love what this guy did. But again, it's just about unnerving you. It's about just making you feel uneasy. And for you for, for a man like him to do that over the course of like what, an hour and forty five minutes too, yeah, I have to give Jackie Jackie where where it comes to that, right? So yeah, I, I wholeheartedly recommend that. I'm rooting for this to win best international feature film. Um, again, I don't think it will win anything else outside of that. Though I would be happy if it does, right? Uh, but best picture is already unlocked. Uh, sorry, Zone of Interest not gonna win that, right? But at yeah, the I end mean, you're saying so. I mean, I, here's the thing. Look, I, Nolan Rell Dawkins. So I can't see Nolan Rell is like it really feels like Nolan. It's, it's, it's Nolan's night. It's Nolan's night, right? Yeah, but yeah, but you don't know. You don't. Yeah, but yeah. outside but of the Oscars, though. Um, this is a show that you're not gonna forget in a hurry. Um, if had I seen this last year, this would have been in my, in my list. It wouldn't have been top ten. Wow. It would have been in my list for sure, right? So yeah, nice. strongly, strongly, strongly recommend checking out sort of interest and yeah, recommend that. I would say if you can just watch that with with the speakers up loud, basically, and just take in the, just take in the, the oral experience, the a u r a l experience of it all, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, you you will really appreciate this film, man. You know, despite the morbid material and whatnot, right? So yeah, nice. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah. All right, so let's finally talk about the full season of True Detective season four, right. aka Night Country, right? Um, right? As I said in the beginning of this episode here, I was under the impression this show was going to run for eight episodes. So much yeah, of my surprise, <laughs> last Monday, I go up on Facebook and it's like, boy, you know, the finale of this show is the most watched um, show, you know, episode in HBO history ever or something like that. Something along that line. Like, like, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people sat down to watch this finale, right? And, you know, even though even though I was not watching it weekly as a great thing that I didn't, um, I what I did, I just watched the first five episodes. I just binged it out in one day. And then I'll watch the finale separately on, you know, another, well, the following day itself, right? Uh, Ricardo, like what you said earlier on, you were watching it like, you know, um, two episodes, you know, every two weeks or so. Yeah, you were watching like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, I would love for you to do these synopsis first, right? But um, sure. to begin, to begin, right? Um, and I'll bring this up in terms of how I should look at the show itself, True Detective, right? 
I was reminded, Dread, after watching Night Country, that season three, which we did cover, came out five years ago, you know. Yeah, the hot man. I doesn't count that whole five years because as far as I could see, like that COVID it should count. Whatever. Yeah, I, 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 I know, I know. Yeah. So this is where it is make the whole discussion. Because yeah, when it comes to this show in particular, right? The whole discussion that comes around is which is the best season? Is this season right. four the best season or is it the first one, right? Right. Um I will. I will let you know. Well, I, I, I still think that the first one is the best, right? Uh, I'll just well, get I don't, it I don't think. I don't think this better than uh, even the second best season. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. But yeah. but the thing is because I don't. I'm, well, what? Why for me it's hard to really run the 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 episodes, right? Is because of how inconsistent its run is, right? Now, yes, yeah. it has to do with stuff behind the scenes and who. You know, do, who is the showrunner and XYZ and people leaving and blah blah blah. And in case of this one, I know COVID had a huge part to play in this, right? But yeah. think about this like, from, 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 you know, and we talk about HBO here, right? When it comes to like their greatest works, right? Whether it's Six Feet Under or Sopranos or The Wire, which still is, still in my opinion, is the best TV show ever made, in my opinion. Agree to disagree. I love that show. I own that and The Sopranos on Blu ray, and I'm happy to see yeah. that, right? But you didn't wait two, three years for the seasons of those shows to drop, though. And even with Game no. of Thrones, right? Which, you know, is divisive now, right? Looking back at it now. Yeah, you didn't have to wait two, three, four years for a follow-up season. Yeah, either, you know, like, for the most part, you had to wait, like, about, I don't know, a year and a half or two years, you know, especially for, like, stuff like Game of Thrones. Because, yeah, that was an expensive-ass show, right? So, of course, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's like, oh, you know, an episode out, sorry, a season done, boom. And it is automatically just supposed to, you know, pump up, you know, put out a next season like in a next year, just like that. It wasn't easy. I could I know that for sure, right? So when it came to something like like um like True Detective, right? You would think that HBO would have at, at least been, I don't know, careful enough to be able to put all these shows on a much reg um, you know, more consistently there. But uh, sorry, we had to wait a while for these these seasons to drop, right? Season two of Fandom is Seeker came out in twenty fifteen, right? Um, that was already time when we talked about Straight Outta Compton. Actually, fun fact: the same episode that we talked about Straight Outta Compton was where we talk about True Detective season two, right? Um, right. And then we had to wait four years for season three. Then we had to wait five years for this, right? So yeah. the point again at this, right? So it's kind of it will be hard for me. And for me, like, personally, I wanted to recap the first season, right? Because what I, I heard going into Night Country off of IGN of all people is that this is the best season since season one. So I wanted to recap right. season one so I could yeah, get your opinion, which right? Which I don't agree, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's understandable if you, if you don't agree, right? Um, but I just didn't have the time and I didn't feel it was necessary, right? So well, they make they make a small they make a small connection. There's a slight connection to season one, but it's not important, like, in any mean, meaningful way. Right, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think that's in the finale, right. if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, no yeah. it's, just, it's just one. A, a, it's a character connected to another character, kind of. Oh, okay, 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 I fine. Yeah, right, I think right. that's the only, as far as I know, like, like I watch a movie, more, I watch a series more than once, so I don't know in detail, but like, that's the only connection I can have made. I don't think they made any major, they have no major connection. as. Right, 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 yeah. So so I'm wrapping up here, right? So so that that's the problem that I, that I come across with this show, right? Where I want to see... This season is better than the, than the previous one, but because of the long gap of time between these seasons, you know, it, it's kind of hard for me to really say, well, you know, I like 
you know, like I like it's, it's even harder for me to remember what happened in these 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 episodes, right? Sorry, in these seasons. I just have to remember how I felt about the overall product, the overall season, and just base my view on the new season from that, right? So that's why it's hard for me to say that you know, four season four is better than one, or one is better than two, and so on and so forth. It's, it's hard, right? But if this came out at a much more consistent pace, then I could say. Yeah, this this season was better than the last one and blah. Okay, you you have a uh you know the, the the gap of time is is smaller, so you remember things more, right? And I think that's the problem. But I do hope that you know seeing that season five has been greenlit literally this week. Sorry, last week. Yeah, the green the the, the, the greenlit season five. I hope that we don't have to wait five years to get right. another season, right? But last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to your thoughts on the well, you know what I've been talking about, right? Uh, what I what I hope to do is that once this season decides to wrap up, right? Sorry, this show decides to wrap up. That's when I will recap all the others, and that's when I could come and say this season is better than the other, and the other, and the other. I could do that. I could do it like that, but I can't do it now because of the gap of time between episodes and uh, seasons. Then also too, because you know it's an anthology series, right? So every season tells its own story, right? So there will be things about this season that you will like, but you might. You know, might be iffy about certain things, but you might prefer how the story in the other one was, right? So it's like that, right? But I really feel like when the, the the show itself ends or wraps up, that's when I could go back and say, all right, season one is the best, this one is the best, this one is the best. But right now, I just have to gauge it in terms of just what this season gives me and nothing more. I, I, I don't think right. it'll make sense for me to go back and say, well, this is better than season three. Nah, I don't have time for that, right? And I don't think it makes sense right now, right? That's my two cents on it. Be yeah, Ricardo, tell me how wrong I am, and then he can jump into Night Country. No, no, you, you, that is what it is. I mean, as I say, I, I don't, I don't agree with the the idea that this is the second best season. I think season one is still the best. All right, so just my quick ranking, and then we'll get into the review. Uh, I think season one is the best. Season three, second best. Then this, then two, right? And we'll get into the thing. So yeah, this is in Alaska. Uh, we follow. Well, two major characters. Well, with a two or three, but mainly two. Uh, Navarro, uh, played by um, oh God, what's her name? It's Kali. It's Kali Reese or Reese, right? Um, yeah. This is actually Kali the first Reese. time I'm seeing her, and I didn't even know that she was a boxer. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think this is a, like a first like show thing, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Right. So the thing, right? So first things first. The show is, is not um, is not the same. It's not um, this fellow. Um, do the showrunners a new showrunner Issa Lopez yeah Issa Lopez um, it's, it's not um the, the Nick guy um, Nick oh gosh, um, um, Pizzolato yeah Pizzolato. yeah 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 Pizzolato yeah Pizzolato yeah Pizzolato yeah Nick Willen, not him right so it's a new and, and, and sorry to cut you there and I think that is why the title sequence is the way it is I, yeah listen <laughs> I, here's the thing I don't I don't I, it's not a bad title sequence or anything like that. I like it. It's the it's the stuff that you would expect right. out of HBO where yeah, every right. shot have some sort of detail that comes up. Like it, it adds a lot of um when when you when you when the show ends, you will look back at it and be like, oh, that's what the yeah, yeah, scenes I get, mean, right? No, I get I get all of that. No, but, I get, it have a lot of meaning. It have a lot of meaning and subtext, and that is fine. But yeah, my thing and, is, and, 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 and then also to sorry to cut you, and then also to you choice a song, Billie Eilish. It's from I think it's I from her again. debut record. It works because yeah. it's that same sort of like nocturnal stuff that she did back then, but right. it it peel in comparison. Like like I shouldn't say it peel in comparison. Um, I get it into the context, right? We want to make it dark and nocturnal. That's the point, right? That's why they choose the song. It's supposed to be like that. That's yeah, the, yeah. the vibe. But I miss the silhouette thread from the for the last right. few seasons. Cause the those double, the 
double exposure. Double exposure, boy. I love I those, miss, I really wish it is. I don't mind the song. The song is fine. Whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's neither here near the day. For me, I, I don't really mind. But uh, the, the lack of double exposure, Jared, like, I really, really wish it had went to that aesthetic. That's such a unique thing to this to True Detective now. Agreed, man. Did it. Yeah. I don't think anybody did it, and it's such a great look. I mean, I don't mind the change of music. That's fine. Like, whatever. But I really wish they, they go and back. They had the old double exposure look. That's just it for me. I don't it, really it's care. about and the team, thing, man. The, the, the team of it is about what's underneath the surface, yo. You right, can't right, get right, rid right. of that and just show me dark stuff in the snow because we in Alaska. <laughs> no, so, but they, 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 give, they give, like, context for why it is crazy. I know, I know, but, you know, I just, right, I just right, kid, right. yeah. Right, so, so that. That don't bother me. But yeah, as I say, my only other complaint is that I thought we'd have like a big harrowing sequence in this one too. Like, we'd already get that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 something moments, like, 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 i.e. like a long take thing like what they did in season right, one. Right, or they really like messed that. up moment in season two where they was trying to free the gill and all right. that. But yeah, I was looking out for it right. too and we, we, don't, we don't get that. But yeah, more. Yeah, we don't I'll, get I'll get to that later. But yeah, go on. Right. Whatever. That, that's minor nitpicks going to really change the core conceit of it. Uh, right, so is Navarro and um, Jodie Foster playing, um, oh gosh. Um, Liz Danvers. Right, yeah, Danvers, right. So yeah, the, the two of them have to solve a case. Is somebody who, a girl who was murdered, one of the, the, person, the, the person's friends. is. Uh, but, well, we had to get into the aspect of indigenous people and then a factory and, you know, a whole concept about, you know, pollution. And there's a whole, a lot of conceits about, you know, uh, in, indigenous people and the town. And there's a lot of, like, um mythology and, and mysticism in and around that and they have to solve a, a basically a bunch of scientists who was working in, in the area they went missing and there's a big murder case involved in that and here's the problem i just i just gonna just say it before i it, it have a small bingo bingo card of me guessing there's about two or three options and i kind of guess the ending and the reason why uh. i guess the ending is because because i saw a little movie a few years ago and it was very reminiscent of that movie and it's pretty, it's really similar to that. And that's why I guess the end. But what's the name of the movie? The name of the movie is called Wind River. Oh, um, that's true. Really right. Of, I, I really still haven't of, seen it though. I know how great it yeah. is. I haven't seen it. Forgive me. Yes. Yeah. It's really, really reminiscent of Wind River. And basically, it's it, it does the same switcheroo that Wind River does. So that's why when I saw the ending and the, the reveal of who do what, I like oh god they do Wind River but it it different enough eh? it's not like it's not like I don't say it is rip off Wind River but it did it wasn't different enough for, for me to not guess it and like the mystery wasn't that great or the payoff wasn't that great compared to season three where in my humble opinion I thought the big reveal or what it was I thought that really worked in my humble opinion this I won't go as far as saying falling flat but it just was just there it just was like I did fine but it, it didn't do anything for me as a big like gripping mystery kind of thing did us. They get to the ending. They, 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 who revealed a story? That's all we'll say. Reveal a story about themselves and why they did it. That was about it. And so the ultimate mystery and the real answer wasn't that great. Whilst I thought with season three, season three was much more interesting and engaging from a character perspective. Right. The problem with season two is that the mystery didn't tie to the characterization particularly well, in my humble opinion. It was vague and not that conceited, um, but it, it didn't tie as well as it could have. Right, season one is still the best in my humble opinion. That just comes together, but that was mostly because it was the first season and it catches catches off guard with the high quality of material and you know um, Woody Harrelson amazing acting, right? Uh and well um we call him uh, not also um McConaughey, right? McConaughey, yeah, yeah, yeah. McConaughey and, and Woody Harrelson did bounce off each other really well. In this, the it's good characterization, right? Not bad at all. I, I can't I can't be mad at any of it or anything like that, but it just didn't do it for me 
in the same way this could have done it. And the, the ending is the ending is like vague enough. And it, it I don't know why it was why the shot or done the way it is because it was unclear, but I get why they might have done it. But again, it's just character stuff can come together. Like a certain character does a certain character's sister happens, something happened to them. And like, all right, I, I get why that happened. But they couldn't explain that particularly well. So that didn't do it, do it for me. And I know it have people who really defend this. And it have some really good, like, character actors in this. Like Christopher Eccleston has a great little, little role in this. I thought he was great. Like, hey, Doctor Who in this. Nice. And what they do with him. And then certain cover-ups and characters who doing what and where um, works. The big reveal. This is... um. Oh gosh, what's the actress name, boy? Um, Fiona Shaw. What the, the the reveal about her is pretty interesting. Like, I really wish we got more to. Um, right. By the way, she's a character connected to season one. Very vague connection. Super vague. Um, okay. Okay. Then no. Then no. Yeah. Well, it's it's she. She's connected to somebody connected to him. When when they mention her name, it's like, oh, it's that character's father. That's all you need to know. Right. If you look it up, you'll find out. Um. Yeah. It's good. But I just couldn't get into it. And it, it works in terms of the concept of night country and what night country means. We find out what that is. Um, we're not too clear. You know, we're not too clear. Again, it relies on the mysticism of it because we're not sure. Again, the nature of the show is that it does the supernatural stuff, but not really supernatural. And it's more in your head versus not not sure. We don't know. They keep, they keep it on there. But it works. It's 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 not bad stuff. I, I can I can get myself to say hate it or anything like that. It but it was just serviceable and it was fine. But I, I, it wasn't as engaging as three in my opinion. Better than two because two is a little too helter skelter. I get what they're trying to go for it too, but it, it didn't gel together as well as it could. And still not as good as, as one in my humble opinion. Um But I just me about it. Decent enough mystery. Not that engaging when they reveal what's going on. And well, the big problem is that, unfortunately, is that I saw Wind River. That's kind of the problem. So I kind of guessed the ending. Uh, or one of my guesses was the ending. Because once I saw Snow, an indigenous person, I kind of thinking, wait, they're not going to do a Wind River thing, right? And we kind of get that. Kind of. Like, it, it's kind of like that. When they reveal the two parts of a story, and it's about a story, and they, they do a lot of oral tradition stuff and indigenous is to stuff. It's like, all right, it comes together reasonably well and they, they make it work for what it is. Um, written. Still pretty high score. It's, it's still really well done. Jodie Foster is excellent in this. Uh, everybody comes together really well. Um, side characters are great in this. Um, Callie, Callie Reese, she's, she's a star. I, I really want to see her in more stuff going forward. Um, side characters are great. Like, you know, Leah Danvers is pretty good. Um, the, I forget his son's name. Who's the actor who's played his son? But it's the guy's son, but he's like the younger cop. Who, oh, you know, um, all right. So, so the actor is um, Finn Bennett. Um, he plays Peter right, Pryor. Right, right. Peter, um, Peter, Peter, Peter right, Pryor. Yeah. Peter. Right, the Peter character, right. He was pretty good. And it, everybody bounced off each other pretty good. But again, it, compared to season three, which I thought that reveal is much better. Like the reveal of what's going on and why this is happening in the way it does. I thought that was a much more engaging ending than this. That is it. It doesn't rope me in as much as I could. As it could. But it, that, that was a lot better of a, of a reveal. That's why I just put season three above this one. Um, but it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But it, and also, season two wasn't bad, in my humble opinion. I thought that that was pretty good in terms of the reveal. It's just it could have tightened the characterization a little better. That's about it. Um, written. Yeah, still get a pretty high score. Like I give it like a, a low eight. 
you know maybe like a, a, a seven or a low eight but it, it's it's solid stuff and, and they make it work for what it is in terms of like just how it's shot everything in nighttime you know the, the what what night country is when they reveal what that is um it's like, All right, okay did that working and it's, it's really interesting part of of that um aspect and dimension of the storytelling um especially with, with respect to like the aspect of well the, the factory and relation to pollution and climate change which is something that's where i thought the story was going to go but it didn't go that direction it went another direction which i kind of guessed and I think it just didn't do anything for me because, I, I, unfortunately, I kind of guessed it. Kind of. Right? I didn't super guess it. I didn't predict the future or anything like that. But I was like, hey, they might do something like this. And then they did something like that. That's it. They didn't hate it. But I, 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 it wasn't as, um, you know, it didn't wrap me in as much as, as season three did in my humble opinion. Uh, so that's how I feel about that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of in the same fence as you, right? Or same position as you, right? In terms of... Um, how I how I look at this whole season in general, right? But um, for me, it wasn't really so much about comparing it to the previous seasons. It was about the hype surrounding it, right? Now, the hype makes a lot of sense because, again, it's been five years since we got the last season, right? But I fear this is where, you know, um, this and subsequent future seasons will fall into where it's, oh my God, we waited so long for this and it's here. And, oh my God, it's here, right? So even when I saw the finale, which I actually appreciate for what it was, right? But it didn't bloom away as much as I wanted to. Even though, you know, emotionally there was some solid payoffs, right? That's all I'll say at this moment, right? But um, I think, in in other words, I feel like there's a lot of hype built around this show. uh, Around this particular season, though. I mean, I understand, right? But that is where, you know, know, by, by year's end, a lot of people are more or less obliged now to put this you know in there or I should say compelled now to, to put this into their, their best of list uh, I'll just let you all know one time uh, this will be an honorable mention for me because I think that it is top quality TV and it's something that I want to remember by year's end right but it's not top 10 for me neither but that's not a bad thing eh? so uh, we don't get me wrong that's not a bad thing right uh, because yes this is you know it, it, it pretty much you know Hate to use this too, but yes, it is a return to form. It's pretty much the, the, the series is back, folks. That's where it is, right? You know, we give it here the big uh, E-list actors or actor. You know, we bring it in some newbies onto the scene and whatnot. We're going to tell a, a, a really engaging and coherent story. You know, we're going to have the twists and turns and the weird stuff here and there. Um, you know, it's the stuff that we, we know and love from, 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 uh, from, from True Detective up to this point, right? It's just that, for me, I felt like at this point in time, uh, a little bit more could have been done, you know, in terms of, you know, kind of like just selling the story out even more, right? So I'll, I'll give you a point. Um, I appreciate the whole mysticism aspect of it, you know, especially in relation to yeah. the specific tribe. I, I, I forgot the name of the tribe. I don't even got to yeah. pronounce the name of it. Uh, you know, and just the whole idea of, well, slight spoiler, it involves death and what happens to, to you know, um, you know, to, 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 to souls or to lost souls pretty much, right? That that's pretty much it, right? So characters are seeing dead people and they're haunted by the by the by the they're haunted by their by their by the by their loss, you know, they're, they're haunted by grief. Uh a lot of people, a lot of characters are are, are, are haunted by, by their by their loss and their past and all that kind of stuff, right? And especially the whole context of, you know, and, and this is and, 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 and this is one aspect where the show really shines, right? I see it shine. Because, yeah, you know, a majority of the show takes place at night, right? You know, it's the whole, if you remember a little movie from 2007 called 30 Days a Night, it's right, it's, yeah. it's that. It's it's like that, right? 
And especially the fact that it's set during Christmas time too, make it even yeah. darker yeah, as well too. Years, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 boy, yeah you know? All of that context of work, yeah. Yeah. So I actually love the whole idea of this endless night as a backdrop. That 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 works perfectly for the show, right? And you know, and and especially where the majority of these characters are, you know, it, it feels well. What the beauty of it all too is that it feels like the this is how the world of the show is. It always has been this way. There's been no sun, even though we do see sun at the very beginning of the move uh, of the show. Not gonna spoil anything beyond that. It feels like this is the world that these characters have always inhabited. Like nothing has ever changed, right? So yeah, you know, it's always eternal darkness, so to speak. These characters are always cynical, and they always feel a sort of way about the uh, about the world, about their life, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you see that in particular with the character with um, Liz Danvers, who's played by Judy Foster. Um, this is for me. I, I do really follow up. Oh, I I I'm knowledgeable in all things Judy Foster, but this is the most cynical and crass I've ever seen her. Yeah. And it totally, totally works. You, 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 you do buy into her nihilism. You do buy into her cynicism. Um, and why? And, and you why. why? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and, and it makes why, a lot yeah. of sense, right? Yes, she she insults people and she cusses a lot and all that kind of stuff. But you understand why. When they when they reveal that, when they remind you ever so often of why, yeah, you 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 really do feel it for it. You understand why she does this, right? Um, same thing for for Navarro, right? Played by Kali Reese, right? Um, you understand why she is so tough, right? And by the way, um, yeah, you're right. She is she is des- she is destined for for uh, she's a star. She, yeah, she's a star. She's destined for superstar, right? Guy watching she and she face and she matters. I'm like, wow, yeah. like like you you are actress. That 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 doesn't say that she should be an actress, but like I feel like you you are you are better fit for something else. I, I'm not really sure what it is, but it it, it doesn't look. Like, like I don't know. Like, 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 it just feels like you you're bringing something different to the table, something really aggressive. It's only when I read up, oh, she used to be a boxer. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? Because yeah, there's moments where she get to punch people in the face. You know, there's yeah. there's, there's one scene, slight spoiler, I'll say, that takes place on Christmas Eve, boy. That was that was rough. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I I felt it for she, but boy, she 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 really true, bro. She she really true bows. Blows and bows. I'll give you that. She really, she really did that way. But yeah, it it was rough, right? And even she herself, you understand why she is burned too by her own inner demons as well too. I like that in the case because what is set up to? Because watching she like, wait, you're black, but like, are you Alaskan? I wasn't sure. Cause again, I wasn't familiar with the actress, right? And then, right, well, right, well, yeah, then they explain that she is, yeah. yeah, she is biracial, yeah. right? So they explain that. Right. I'm like, all right, cool, right? So yeah, but um, explain explain where she's from. She's not from there. It's a whole thing. Right, 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 all of yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. So there's this sub, there's this something. It it's related to mysticism, right? But she calls it this sort of family curse. So like you know, her and her sister who yeah going through um, a set of troubles herself, right? Yeah, seeing spirits and all that kind of stuff, right? right. But uh, but but just back to, to to what I was saying earlier, right? Um, where you know, like like I felt the show kind of reach a little bit more, right? I like how they were setting up the whole horror aspect of things. So, like the 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 the, the, um, the big incited incident, if you will, right? Um, it's very much you could tell. You could tell that it's inspired by yeah, John Carpenter's the thing. It's these characters who right, are in right, this right. this laboratory and they're all isolated and weird stuff is happening and people acting weird and you know it it results very 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 the thing like right. Yeah, when these characters are pretty much mangled up and like just yeah. corpses looking really, really fucked up though, right? It works, right? Yeah. Um, although the payoff for it, 
and uh, the set in terms of like the oratory aspect of like you know Alaskan culture and you know just how stories are being passed on. I get it. I understand it. I, 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 I also love, without spoiling the idea of perspective. You know, it could be this thing or it could be that thing, right? But I expected a much better P of Dread because, like, when you see the image of these dead bodies for the first time, when you see that for yourself, you're like, okay, something supernatural did this, right? And then they kind of tell you, yeah, that happened, but, like, when they actually see what it is, and I don't say that you should you shouldn't show me what it is, but like I was expecting something greater than that. Oh, it's just this, you know what I mean? So that's I try to be vague here, but as you point again, that I like, do. The, the, thing, right? In in Wind River, uh-huh. in Wind River, okay, go uh, when you watch Wind River, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But in Wind River, they do a similar misdirection, right? But in Wind River, it was kind of brilliant because, well, I'll admit it's probably because of the action. But when they reveal what was going on in Wind River, it's like wow, that real worked because of the angle they take with it. Now in this. It's just as good, eh? And I can imagine if somebody ignorant of the material, it would work as a concept. But I don't know. It just was fine. Yeah, it, just, it, it, it was. Yeah. So, so, so the best way I could sum up my my issue with um with this season here too is apart from the emotional stuff, right? And the and the, the tones of it, right? Like the tone of it, the dark tone is justified, especially with the whole thirty days of night thing and you know yeah. it's set yeah. during Christmas, all that. It fits, right? It fits in the whole new noir world that this show builds itself from, right? Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a unique space. Yeah, yeah, it is, right? And yes, it, it, it does borrow from the last seasons in terms of, okay, it's this really heinous crime or murder or whatnot, but it's weirder than you might think, and, you know, it, it may be based on something supernatural and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. But I think it's just the way how it was set up, though. You're thinking it's going to be something a lot greater, like something... I'm not seeing... Okay, how do, how do you see what's pointing? thing? I don't expect something overly supernatural or overly demonic or whatever, right? But when it you actually find out what ha, why this ha- thing happened, it's like, oh, that that's why. Okay, well, that's right. it. All right. And even like the 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 um the subplot involving this girl who was murdered, that's all we'll see with us pointing. Yeah, even that too, like I was expecting a bigger payoff than that, right? I do like how it's freed in terms of what the people are going through. And I'm not going to spoil anything beyond that. I, you know, I guess that's where you can compare it to Wind River as well too, right? Uh, what we'll just say, it involves the environment, right? It involves the environment right. and it makes a lot of sense, right? But I just guess, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is just payoff-wise, ah, could have got more, right? Um, yeah. But I still do, I still did enjoy the, um, the, the finale itself and how it tied all these connective um, narrative you know, trends there. Because, yeah, you know, it was just kind of setting up things, setting up things, setting up things. They're not really sure where it's going, right? But um, I actually do like the show for that too. So what I what I will say is that um, you have to be patient with this one. For me, I was watching it and I was like, all right, okay, I like it where it's going, but um, I don't know, like, like, I, I, like I was just kind of wondering where it was going to lead up to. I was a little concerned, right? But you have to stick with it. You have to stick with it. Uh, and then the finale comes and you're like, Oh, all right. That's where they're going for. Okay, and I actually do yeah. appreciate the end from an emotional perspective. All I'll just say without spoiling anything is that you know the sun comes back out, right? You know the night is gone, and it works. I I, I like that thematically, right? And, and emotionally, right? But I don't know. I I guess again, it just has to do with the with the gap of time between seasons. You was expecting, all right? Okay, well, like from from each real perspective, there. Like all right, like folks, you wait long for season four. Here we are, and we're gonna pull out the big guns for this one. And they kind of do, but not as much as they would expect, though, right? But that's not to say that it isn't great in this, right? I, I thought that the cinematography, the cinematography in particular, 
Jesus, that looked great though. Just yeah, the night photography works well. Yeah. Lighting, all that stuff. Performance is great. Again, Jodie Foster, never seen her this this angry before, but it totally works. Um, and you know, the supporting cast, including Callie Reese, is is is, is great as well, right? Uh, but even though the you know the indigenous actors as well. Um, also, like guys like Christopher Eccleston, I, I didn't expect to see him in this. Um, and especially what, what they did with his character as well to kind of make a lot of sense and add to the whole insidious nature of everything behind the scenes. I really dug that. Um, also, if I just have one last nitpick and then I could move on to it, right? As much as I was enjoying Peter's um, character arc, there's a moment that happens. I'm not going to spoil what it is. And I felt like the payoff for that didn't did, did work for me for some reason. Yeah. I, I think it's just because of his reaction. What is his reaction to it? Well, subsequent reaction to it, I should say. And two, they didn't set up the conflict between him and another character well enough okay. to justify why he um, would move about the way he does when the moment takes place. It just okay. felt like, okay, I have to... I think to, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think right, I know so, what you're talking about. And right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I get it too. From from a, all right. So right. from a from a from a genre perspective, I understand, right? You know, right. you're more or less kind of sweeping the dust underneath the rug. That's all I say, right? Right, right, right. But exactly. Right. In relation to who he, you know, in relation to what happens there, I felt like he he could have reacted to it. Uh, like I don't know. Like, I was I was expecting the stone face reaction to things like okay, like I need to just do it and just move on with my life because you know they set up something involving somebody else that's close to me that that apparently is much more important to you, but they still didn't really set that up properly. Like like there's moments right. involving the the two characters, but not enough for you to justify that there's some kind of real tension between the two of them. There, I just sort of right. saw it as like, oh, all right, well that's that's okay. I I, I guess it leading up to something. But then something happens to one of the characters, and then the other person reacts, and you're like, "Wow, why, why are you, why are you reacting like this? I, I, I don't understand this. I get it, but like, I don't know. Like, I was expecting you to react more differently to this, but you're like, well, okay, do just do the job and move on. You know, it, it was weird. It was just weird. It, it, it almost took about issue, right? So, the point is, while at the end of the day, just wrap it up. Uh, while this is not the best season, you know, of of, of True Detective. Uh, this was still a satisfying, you know, season nonetheless, right? It was right. more or less, yeah, you, the show is back and we're going to give you the same top quality that, that you expect, right? So even with our nitpicks and flaws that we picked out, uh, it still does not shake the fact that this is, yeah, still one of the best directed and produced shows out there, especially coming from HBO, right? I remember, you had to understand that shit like, like Game of Thrones has done this, so uh, is this going to be the new flagship show going forward? I don't know. It could be. But again, I, I really feel like HBO just sort of need to figure out their basically the timeline. They need to figure out their creative timeline a lot differently. So, man, like we not waiting ten years for the next season, and then we have to debate whether this new season is the best one. You know what I mean? Like, come to mind. Like, we shouldn't do that. Like, the show itself should just, for me personally, just go on for like I don't know, two, three more seasons, wrap up, and then oh. then we could go back and say, oh, this season is the best, and this one is the best. So. I'm not even going to make the argument to say this is better than the other one or whatnot. But I actually do agree with your ranking come to think of it, right? Yes, one is right. still the best, right? I'm actually surprised right. you have three over this one here, right? But I understand right. where you're coming from. But yeah, I will not be surprised if a lot of people come out and say, Night Country is the best season of True Detective we've ever had. 
if you believe so and you have the you you have yeah. working memory of the other three seasons, great. No problem. I understand that, right? But because I do it, I can't honestly see that it is the best one, right? But it is still solid TV. You know, it's a again, it's a prime ex- well, it's a prime example of what HBO has been known for for years. And I hope that going into the rest of this decade, yeah, we see more seasons of this. We see great stories really with with um may not be the most original teams, but you know, stuff that is still provocative and you know, moody and whatnot, and just thematically dark and whatnot. You know, the same stuff that we, we right. know and love for the series now, you know what I mean? Uh, but I hope that at the end of the day, when the series wraps up, we can look back at it and say, Yeah, this series was kind of brilliant. The series was kind of brilliant, right? So, this yep. here, this, this season four is good news for me because it tells me that. Yeah, what we could get going forward is, you know, nothing but greatness. And that's why I want to see going forward, right? So yeah, for me, Rita Wise, strong four out of five. I'll still give this a strong four out of five, despite the the nitpicks that are that I made with it, right? So it's not the most it's not it's not perfect, mind you. And I wouldn't honestly say that it's the best season we've ever gotten though. But it is the season back in pure form, you know, it's just kinda letting the world know we're back, right? So again, because season five is greenlit now, I hope that we don't have to wait for another day for the next season. I already want the season to ultimately, you know, we could again we can look back at it and say, yes, this is one of the best TV shows, not just in HBO, but just in TV, period. That's what I want from True Detective. That's you can tell that's what HBO is aiming at for this, right? With the large budget and of course just getting big Oscar winning you know, stars, you know, to 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 um to lead these these seasons, right? But yeah, I've I've done my high hopes for the next season, but again, I just hope we don't wait forever for it. So yeah, um, I know you gave your rating, but just any final thoughts on um this season and what you think we can expect going forward with this show. Oh yeah, okay. So as I say, as I say, you know, it might be a bit unfair of the uh, uh, assessment of why I didn't care for it because you know you see another show that kind of remind you of it. But to me, I, unfortunately, you know, the big a big part of this is the mystery, right? And where or where they're gonna take you with respect to the mystery, right? Season one still the best, just a strip, really, really good but straightforward narrative of, and then it goes into really strange places. Two is a nice misdirection, but in a kind of bad sense. And I thought three was a misdirection, but in a good sense, right? At least when it comes to character work, right? In terms of like what the, what it means for the character and the context of that, right? I, I can see a lot of people not not caring for three. I understand that, but I it worked for me. It totally worked in terms of like what the main character was going through and why. And the, especially that last shot, right? And what that meant. Um, but it with this now, the it, the ending works kind of, but it, it still didn't, didn't hit with me. And again, it's unfortunate because I guessed it. That was, that was kind of the problem I had with, with uh, thing. I didn't guess uh, season three ending. I, I just didn't guess it. Like, oh, that's a real interesting take on the matter. Uh, but this one, this one really works for me. And that's about it. Might be a little unfair, I think it may be. It, I, I think it might be a bit uncharitable on my part to do it like that. But because of this one movie remind me of this thing so much, I really felt, all oh, right, they could have, you know, changed it up or, or stick, you know, change it up in some way or do something new original. I don't really get that um, as it is. But yeah, uh, you know, still, still a solid outing overall. I, you know, I, I dug it for what it was, but yeah. Uh, that is how I feel about that. So yeah, uh, what was my rating? Like eight out of ten. Yeah, low um, eight. A, a low eight, a low eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's about that still. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, check it out, man. True, True Detective is back. Um, but I would recommend. Um, don't don't go in with a whole bunch of hype around. I, again, I know the hype will overwhelm you, and you might 
go into each and every episode thinking that it's some sort of masterwork of TV. But no, just yeah. watch it for what it is. What you what you gain from it, you gain from it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. If you compare it to another season, you think it's better or worse, then that's fine. That's your opinion, right? Um, but yeah, I really feel the hype surrounding the season will re- result in it showing up at a bunch of year ends, a bunch of year endless. But for me, I could see this as an honorable mention, though. Like, like something that is still great, but just not top 10 worthy for me. But in no way am I saying that that's a reason for you not to see it. Um, If you're a True Detective fan, or... I mean, yeah, if you're a True Detective fan, watch it. Um, If you're not familiar with True Detective at all, then just watch the previous seasons so you'll get the gist of it. And all three, and not just one and, you know, you just jump to four. Watch all three, get a gauge of it, and then jump into this one, right? And yeah, you should enjoy it, man. And last, but certainly not least, let us talk about Avatar The Last Airbender or the second attempt to make a live-action version of the series itself, of the animated series, right? So, Ricardo, if you don't mind, I want you to do the synopsis for this, but, you know, we do pre-ramble shit, right? So, the original series, right? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, 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 I would say that it is one of my top favorite you know, animated shows of all time. Uh, but I absolutely enjoy this show, right? Um, in terms of, you know, American animators and storytellers incorporating East Asian culture and martial arts and whatnot into telling this really um yeah, just just really engaging, you know, fantasy adventure story and whatnot. Yeah, it absolutely works, right? Now we'll confess, right? I got onto the the Avatar train a late, right? That was around the time when yeah. the show wrapped up in two thousand eight, right? So I had to play catch up. I watched all the other. I I had to like watch all the episodes out. It's like, wow, this is this is actually solid. Like I and I I love this. It's a shame that I wasn't watching it, you know, um, weekly on on Nickelodeon. That that sucks, man. I I really should have, right? But when the Legend of Korra came out. I said, alright, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I watched The Legend of Korra, you know, almost weekly as well too. I, I actually, I, I'll never forget seeing the, the, the series finale and how big of a deal that final shot is, you know. Actually, still to this day, I, I always remember that, that that final shot, you know. It's it's a bold move even by, even at the time, right, by by, by right. Nickelodeon standards. But it was it was progressive and I, I love it. I, I think that it is, and you could tell that it came from the heart too. It was just done for Oh my god, you know, two women holding hands and indicating that they love <gasps> No. It, it it came from it was genuine. It's like, no, we care about these characters and this this is where we think these characters should go. And I love that. I actually think it's is is probably one of the best endings of an animated series I've ever seen in my opinion, right? But the point is with Avatar and um Legend of Korra, right? Well I should just say I enjoy Legend of Korra. I really do. Not as much as Avatar. I think that Avatar was just the the, the Barbie and set and Legend of Korra was like, all right, well, we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna do exactly what we did with Avatar, but we're gonna progress the story. We're gonna take things in a much different slant, and I like that, right? Um, still to this day, I have this dream by as far as home media goes. So there's a box set currently available right now where Avatar and Legend of Korra are there together. That is one of my dream buys. I want that in my collection so bad. And the reason why I say this too is because, admittedly, I saw both shows once. I never got the chance to recap these shows. Um, and it's just because of life and just things and, you know, 
I just never felt the need to recap these shows, right? Even with the announcement of this movie come, uh, sorry, of this series coming out, right? I just didn't bother to, right? And I should mention too, right around the time when Korra was out, a little movie came out in 2010 from a from a man called M Night Shyamalan called The Last Airbender, which was a live action, uh, which was the first live action adaptation of Avatar itself, right? And I will I will never forget hearing like the day before the movie even dropped. I, I remember the late great Roger Ebert came out and gave this thing a, a half of a stand saying it was garbage, right? Um, and I never bothered to watch that in cinema. I I, I waited till it came out digitally. I saw it and I was like, yeah, it was bad. Good thing I didn't see it. And currently, um, it is in my top 10 list of worst films that I have seen in the past decade, in the 2010s. It, it's up there. Okay. It's actually my number 10 pick, right? Because, yeah, come on, the 2010, right? Yeah, there was no reason for this to be so bad. I think it's because of the director behind the scenes, right? But you could tell, like, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but you could tell that Shyamalan just didn't get the material. He didn't understand the way how the creators did it. So he just kind of told it in this sort of straightforward way, cut, you know, hacking, hacking the story. Because the man took the first season and hacked it right down to the bone. Yeah. And just gave us this bare bones plot, you know, what I mean? and characters and just moving through subplot by subplot quickly without no rhyme or reason or sequence from sequence to sequence without no rhyme and reason. Um, the, 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 the VFX was bad, even by Hollywood standards. Uh, not terrible, yeah. terrible, but it was it was. Yeah, just I don't think spotty. it was that bad, but yeah. Uh, and for me, though, where, where the show really dropped the ball, boy, was the acting, like, so no, yeah. no disrespect to the guy that they, that they picked to play Ang, right, or as they call him in the movie, Ang, right, uh, but he was terrible. Yeah. Lines was flat. The way when he was trying to show emotion, he looked constipated most of the time. Um, this this chick who ended up showing up on the Transformers movie were four and five. The one that uh, right, yeah, right, the fourth one, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget her name. She she makes you kid yeah, daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she makes your debut, I think, in this film. Uh, and yeah, we, we was laughing about her back then and all too, right? But yeah, acting was yeah. bad. And poor, poor, poor Dev Patel, boy. Like, for right. me, I felt it worse for him. Because he this was coming right off a Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. which no, he yeah. didn't win no Oscar for, but the film win Best Picture, though. I just yeah. like, boy, I feel so sorry for you, dude. That, that, that's why I think his upcoming movie, his di- directorial debut, Monkey Man, is meant to address that. Like, it's just meant for, for him to say, all right, this is me officially wiping the slate clean. I don't want you to associate me with the last bit there anymore. Yeah, I mean, he did, <laughs> he did, um, he did, oh God, we call it, boy, that I really liked, um, you know, he had a couple movies after, he did The Man Who Knew Infinity, which I really liked, where he played right. the mathematician. Okay, yeah. okay, I I, I did yeah. I did see that. I don't I have I yeah, already follow up all of his all of his film, right? But yeah, right. um so yeah, in between that time when that movie came out, Cora was blowing up that I think that's why people gravitate right. to Cora so much and really appreciate Avatar because look, a man from Hollywood couldn't even understand the subject the, the, the source material he gave us this dreck, right? So yeah, you can imagine when we were here in Trinity Green Fire that oh Netflix gonna put out a series it's like okay. But you could, but to be fair, Netflix and you could see it on screen. There, you could tell they really took their time. They really work out the stories, the beats, and all that kind of stuff, and they really put effort into telling the story, right? And I find it so funny that this came out. This came out um, not even a year since um, One Piece dropped. Because yeah, when everybody was hearing about One Piece, a live action adaptation, non fans might like me. We really, really, really care, but I can imagine how the fans felt, right? 
but as somebody who is not the biggest fan of Avatar or Legend of Korra, but I, I respect and admire the hell out of both shows, yeah, I, I came into this, when I heard the news, it was, I, I had skepticism, I, I was skeptic, right? And then, first trailer drop, and I was like, wow, boy, this, 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 this looking real, this, this looks shockingly good, like, great, though, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, I never, I didn't even bother to watch any of the other trailers, because I didn't want to, I didn't want anything else spoiled, right? So, long story short, and then I'll wrap up, and then you'll get to your thoughts. And I have to see this right out the gate. I had no choice but to go into this show here, into this second live, uh, live action adaptation, marginally familiar with the source material. Because again, I have not seen these shows since the late 2010s. Sorry, late 2000s to early 2010s. I am not a nerd. Sorry, I'm not versed in all things Avatar or Korra. I'm not some nerd who could tell you character motivation right out the gate the second you tell my man name or whatever. I, I had to be reminded of characters, right? Like, I know the major ones like Katara and, you know, um, um, you know, Ang and all, and all that kind of stuff. But certain story beats, I was like, oh, right, this was in the season one. Oh, right, right, right. I had to be reminded yeah, yeah, of things, yeah. right? So, oh, they pretty much just, they pretty much just did season one. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. So, my approach to this was had is a lot different from a lot more a lot of other people because I know a lot of fans will go into this ready to nitpick it, ready to and I'll bring this up in my review to throw in the the, the age old the age old debate. You know, did we need an adaptation of this? Is isn't the original show enough? Why why do we need this now? Blah 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 blah. Right, I'll bring this up right, but I just went in as somebody who knows. The top quality and the the, the and that's what the quality do, but just the the impact though of like I'm familiar with the impact of uh, of of Avatar and Legend of Korra. So I went into this show here with that mindset. But again, I am not versed in all things Avatar or um, Legend of Korra, so my view on this show here may be different to you know the average fan, right? So I'll stop there. Be Ricardo, your history, your quick history with Avatar. The original Avatar series, um, The Legend of Korra, and of course the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like you caught caught Avatar pretty late. Um, I was familiar with it, uh, but I wasn't into it, into it, you know, by, at that point. Um, yeah, I, to me, I, I, at the time, I was very dismissive of it because it was an American show. Like, what American show, Nickelodeon? No way that, that could be that good or thing. And at the same time, Naruto and and uh, Bleach was out, so I was like, yeah, it, it couldn't be better than those shows. And yeah, I go back to visiting after. It's like I don't still don't think it as better as, as good as those shows, but still pretty good. Um, they 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 do a good job of world building and characterization. Um, you know, stuff just works together in terms of its its battle system and how it works. Um, the history of it, the history of their world, and yeah, just overall, just just solid stuff and voice acting, pretty good stuff all overall. And yeah, they have characters who just become true classics, like like Zuko and Uncle Iroh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, yep. they, they we see them as as you know the the templates of of um you know um redemptive art characters. No? Yes. Um, and so on and so forth, right? Pretty pretty good. Um, then uh the M Night Shyamalan movie comes out again. That movie came and went for me. I couldn't because I wasn't a super fan. I was like, well. It sucks, but it's like it sucks in an M Night movie way. Not in terms of yeah, the 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 you know it's not a Michael Bay shit on my childhood way, right? Um, but you know it is it's still pretty bad and it a lot of it doesn't work. But it's one of those you could tell he just kind of rushed through the, the material and he shouldn't uh, rush the material. It's a, it is a bit of a mess in that sense. And it's unfortunate. Um, 
And yeah, that that's all. Well, well, and, and, and what about what about Legend of Korra? Did you 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 saw that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get to that. Right. Also, another series. What what I appreciate about that is that it it felt like an evolved world. You know, they evolved in terms of time. It's like what the early 1910s, 1920s in terms of technology. Uh, but then you still still the world of bending and they make it work for it. Is it gets a little too like for me personally? I, I didn't get into this as much as um avatar because yeah it's a little more mature but why does it really work for me because they kind of get into the weeds of the world building and the mythology stuff too much and I, I frankly didn't really care for that but a lot of people liked it you know the, the you know the world of the spirits and so on so and yeah that's about it um i never really super into this world i'm familiar with the material enough um for me to talk about it with friends and who into it and why and whatnot but i was never super into it like yeah that's about it and yeah so i dug it for what it was and then when I saw this come out, I was like, all right, I expect it to be good, but I don't expect it to be great. And yeah, we're just into getting into the show. I don't think we have to review it because it's it's the same story as this. Yeah, well, well we, we do have to get into the synopsis because it's the same I say, long ago, long ago, the Fire Nation attack and the, the four, you know, no, so long ago, you know, the, 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 four, the four nations were in, in you know, were in um, well, public harmony. Yeah, with public harmony and then the Fire Nation catch up ups and say, hey, I want to be powerful. Right, so right, it's, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they explain that. And you learn why because of, of you know, Ozai and, and the last firebender and how Ang was supposed to die, but he didn't die and he get frozen. And they have all this internal fan theories as to who could have been the, the airbender in this point in time and not Ang because it should have been the... It, a lot of people say it should have been the water guild, the moon guild, or the at the end of this oh. uh, because I would have been an old person and die by this point right. if it was normal uh, speaking of that um, I will mention in my review who plays that 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 moon slash water guild that you mentioned when right. I saw and the face I was like hey I know right. you and then when I saw the face I was like hey and, you and then the cycle system right. and the cycle system and whatnot. And who's supposed to be the next bender is like yeah I think it's air water earth fire and I saw it as work blah, 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 blah. nobody care moving on uh, yeah I will straight up say just at least the first first few episodes, it's it really feels like Reddit, you know, Reddit are fixing movies posts. This is what M Night should have done. I um I was pretty underwhelmed with this, to be honest. It's not bad, but it seemed to like miss the point of why the original Avatar work, and it changes a bunch of things that seems like a step back in terms of certain characterization. So it had a a big set of drama over um Sokka's arc. And they kind of messed that up because they, they kind of make it a little re- on the regressive end of things. Like, the whole point of Saka is that he's supposed to, like, learn. But, like, they make it, they change up the paradigm of why he learns or what he learns. So, they, they mess that up. Um, They try to change a couple things. After that, after the first few, three episodes, it gets a little better. And, again, the casting is fine. Like, who they get for Ozai is great. Who they get for Uncle Iroh is great, I think. Um, But, you know, it's still not a great. And I, I kind of say it is better than the M. Night version. But... The M Night version fails for all these like small bullshit reasons and careless reasons. But this, I find the core conceit of it kind of same problem with the M Night version. I'm gonna just say it. It have the same similar issues now. Like uh, yeah, the M Night version is worse. I'm not saying no, but it this have some core problems that is the same thing because it just seem to miss the core conceits of why the original work in terms of some of its ideas and the, the some of the messaging seem to be a little muddled. Uh and. But then they, they do some other things that that kind of work. Like, so Zuko, Zuko and Azula, like their arc, what I remember with their arc being being kind of slavish and the father, they make it a little more nuanced and they make that they, they make that different. And the casting of who they get for Azula is great. Like, I love who they get for her. She's great. Um, But yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed with this. Like, again, it just really, it really feels like 
you know, our Reddit posts of fiction movies, Reddit posts. I really feel like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about getting the casting right and making sure it's not white people this time to play the water tribe people and so on and so forth. That is it. I mean, that is about it. I'm not, and I don't hate this, but I'm not, I'm whelmed. That's all I'll say. And yeah, I really thought they would do a better job with this. But whatever, it's Netflix, so that's not surprising. I mean, that is it. Moving on. <laughs> you want me to tell you? Uh, I can't, Again, because I'm not a super fan, I'm not going to nitpick and tell you every little thing and why this don't work or this scene or this scene and try to, what they do shot for shot, they clearly rush it and they try to rush it over what the original show was. But yeah, this it's still no any as good for show. And I felt what I should have probably do is just do like the comic stuff instead and tell that story or just do a new animated series um, and do a new story. Like, yeah, like, like, like get the Earth story and done. It again to, the, to do the slavish trying to remake the TV show thing is just will just seem to be a bad idea in my humble opinion. And uh, when I think about it, it yes again it looking better in terms of getting the bending right and the Earth guy in the beginning was doing the shit just as good as um the the cartoon because instead of that instead of that embarrassing nonsense that he did in the in the in the movie in the in the M Night movie, but I still to me some of the core ideas just not there. I mean it better, but it feel like Reddit post better. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's about it. That's how I feel about this. Uh, I don't hate this, but I, I was pretty underwhelmed overall. So, that's all right. I I, I, I I understand that totally, right? Yeah. So, what what I will say, right, is that um, while I was not in love with this whole season, um, it was still good. It was still serviceable for it's what it fun. is. Yeah. Getting uh, uh, what I will say, right, is that getting there, getting to the to the good aspects of it. Did take a while for me, um, because I think for me, just going into well, all right, how how best describe it? The first half is rather rocky, right? You know, ha, right? Because it's better, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because me mentally, I, I I'm trying to adjust myself to this world, this life action world that is being created of Avatar, right? You have to keep in mind, folks, that this is an adaptation of an existing you know, um, story, right? Or property, whatever it is, right? So mentally, you now you have to kind of adjust for what, you know. So in other words, you know the, you know the animated uh, stuff, right? You know that already. If you were to watch it over again, you know, it'd be easy for you to get into it, right? Because it's an animated show, right? But when you see it in live action form now, it's a little hard for you to to, to kind of adjust yourself to it, right? It's the same thing that I had with, um, with, with One Piece, right? But, Catch it. One piece though is that because it embraced the story way more than I, I, I think a lot more than this show did, right? Um, yeah. I, I kind of got used to things pretty quickly. I got used to the dialogue. I got used to the characters and how over the top the world is. They kind of set things up a lot differently, right? Here was more. Uh, how to say this way, right? Like the, like the first half of it, right? Where I had the biggest issue with the show though was wasn't really so much the story and what was being told or whatnot, right? Um was the dialogue. Yeah. So many dialogue in this kind of kind of borders or it, it, it it's kinda of bad. And it's not just bad written though. I will explain kind of what I mean. But delivered as well, right? So Yeah, but but it, to me it's on the level of the M night stuff. Like Oh oh yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. though I, I don't remember much of the uh, or a little of, of the dialogue in that, right? But I see what yeah. you mean, right? So what I mean is, right? So in animation form, right? Here's a perfect example, right? Star Wars, right? They, they, they do the Star Wars thing, right? Where, all right, so because Star Wars exists 
and you kind of know that characters talk in a sort of slightly theatrical way. You kind of buy into it instantly because you, you you're familiar with the with the with the with the world of Star Wars already, right? That that's just part of the world, right? So when it comes to like Avatar, the cartoon itself, right? Certain lines and the way how they delivered makes sense because it's animation, right? You know, you, you, it's it's expressed or told in a much different way, right? In a specific way, sorry. But when you see human beings see those same lines. Yep. And they're pretty much yeah. directed to see it in a similar way. way it kind of takes you out of it. Too yeah, too slavish. Yeah. Way too slavish to the, to the material. It really and feels like it's trying and it's it trying to be too slavish. Yeah. That's what I say. It feels like I read it closely. Yeah, and, and unfortunately now for me, um seeing these new actors, right? Because because uh, they they are they're pre- um fairly new, right? Um these will be like um the the, the guy who plays Ang and you know, well, Katara and Sokka. And Zuko, no, especially Zuko. I'll talk about Zuko a bit, right? Yeah, when yeah. you see these newbies perform this, right? And it's not like they half acid already. You can tell, like, you know, this is like the first time in a, in a big, 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 big production, right? Um, They're doing their job, right? But you can tell it's also a directing thing. Like, the director saying, okay, I want you to deliver it like this, right? So that's a little commercial break, right? So a name that, that pop up, right, as one of the directors of this, uh, he actually directed the first two episodes. So what they do here is it's actually pretty interesting, right? So in this eight episode run, um, each well the first, well each well two episodes will have like a different um a specific title card, right? And it's you know it's Earth Fire Wind uh Earth Fire Air Water, right? So they do that very very well, right? But interestingly, um they actually get like a director to direct two episodes each, right? So the first person who direct the first two episodes is a guy by the name of Michael Goy. And if you're familiar with YMS, as in your movie sucks, like his content, okay, I don't know if right. you remember he did a fil- he did a, a review of a film called Megan is Missing. Michael Goy right, 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 is the director right. yeah. of that. Okay, and when I saw good. that, I was like, "All right, I am I am concerned because yeah, it, like the show is like universally panned and all that kind of stuff. I never bothered to okay. watch it. I heard about how bad it was, right? But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "Wait, how did they get you to be involved in this story? Like." What? Like that, that was just weird to me, right? But um so the point is, I, I don't want to say that it was his direction, like how he directed the actors led to these moments. But yeah, some of the the, the, the lines sounded hokey and hammy. The delivery was hokey and hammy at some points. But yeah, when you see like these new actors, right? See these lines though, it's like woof. Especially with Ang though. Like when you see Ang see some lines like woof, like like it just sounds stilted, right? Like it almost like again, it's Taking a line that would work better in animation form, delivery, right, and writing, and translate it into live action. And me as a viewer, I'm supposed to buy into these characters, even though it's a fictional world, right? I'm supposed to buy into them seeing a line like this, right? So for example, in in um in a moment involving this this cheese scene, right? So it involves some firebending and it's in this market, right? So one guy he's selling cabbages, right? And in the process his cabbages yeah, gets burnt, right? And the yeah, that's, that's, well, that's typical. It's, it's a joke from the original show because right. I, 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 I would be surprised if it was from the show, right? I again I don't yeah, remember, right? So you yeah. have this character in live action scene. Look at what you did to my cabbages! My cabbages! Yeah, it's the same line. Yeah, same line it from the anime. Takes yeah. you out of the show because it just feels so dissonant. No, that's the problem. There's a yeah. there's a dissonance in terms of what I'm seeing and then what I'm hearing these characters see there. And it almost kind of just makes it feel kind of almost like you're watching like a like a stage play, like you're watching some sort of theater yeah. arts kind of thing. It's, 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 it sucks though. But yeah. 
somehow, for some odd reason though, when the second half kicks, I kind of got used to it. And then I felt right. like the story itself and what it was leading up to and all the little bits of character development that it was building up, that's when everything just sort of came together for me. And I would confess, I really, really enjoyed the second half. But again, right. getting there was rough though because I'm trying to adjust my mind to this this new adaptation. You know, it's not just it's a live action thing, but it's also followed up after uh, Shyamalan's film as well too. So I had to kind of adjust right. my mind to that, right? Um, but that being said, though, just to get to to, to positives, right? The the performances were were good. They were decent for what they were, right? Um, I I, I got more out of Gone Commas. Or Cobbiers, if I got to say the wrong, forgive me, performance of Ag than the other guy who played Ag in the last year. But I got more out of right. him emotionally, character wise. And they actually did more with him. I mean, obviously, because they have more episodes to work with, right? More runtime. I got more out of him with that. Yes, in the early part, and even in the second half, too. Yes, there's some hokey lies that he delivered. You know, like, like I understand, it's the character, but it's just how he delivered it. And, and again, I don't want to knock the, the actor for doing that. I, again, I just think it's direction and the script, like how it's written and how they meant to deliver it, right? The, the girl who plays Katara, I thought that she was fine as well too. Like, like you know, she get the look down and all that kind of too. And actually like where her character act goes as well. Sokka is iffy for me because from the little that I remember of him from the, from the original show, I know they changed stuff up. And I kind of understand why they do it here. I think the, the reason it was because they wanted yeah, the to be less of a douchebag. But no, but that's the problem. It, it undermined fit. the actual. It undermined the actual message of what he was trying to go for. I think, like in right. terms of what he was saying, to me, it, it messed up because because they tried to cut it for time. They like they missed the point of yeah. why it don't already work. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. And even and I I felt it too, even though I don't remember much of the arc from the original show. Right, um, Prince Zukudo. Similar to Ag and Soccer to extent. First the first half of the show, the first half of the season, I was not feeling him. He was and I get it. The character is aggressive, he's angry, he always, you know, temper tantrums, all that kind of stuff, right? But some of the lines the man dropped and the way how he delivered them was so bad. So yeah. bad. Like unintentionally bad. I have to make it clear that unintentionally bad, right? But then in the second arc, when they decide to explore his character and in relation to his father, who by the way is played by Daniel D. Kim, I was like, hey, you and this, right. good. Which it, did she like, know? Hey. Yeah, that's Ozai. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they was hyping up, they was hyping up um, Daniel D. Kim to play Ozai. I was like, yeah, guys, real great cast, casting and whatnot for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But so, then, so, as I say, they made, they made a bunch of changes from the original, right? But like, I still find it don't really work. And they don't undermine the story or what they're going for. But well, you, you say, sorry, um, Sucker Duku. No, um, no, 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 Zuko, Zuko. Um, Zuko, right? Thank you, right? Yeah, so yes, yeah, that's a good change they made because they made they made this relationship a little more nuanced, in my opinion, a yeah. little bit. Like, because it's not as dark, but again, the problem with nuance is that you miss the something you could miss the point now. So yeah, I know what they're going for, but it's up to them. I yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a bit, right? But but yeah, like like how they explore Zuko's arc in the second arc in the second half of the show was was working for me. I was I was I was, I was digging it, and even right down to where. You know, it stops off, yes, it's the same way how it was in the in the old show, yes. It worked for me, right? But again, it's just getting used to the, the characters and the acting and just the world itself, right? I will say the older characters, Shininess, um, the guy who plays Uncle Iroh, he is the MVP yeah, out of us. Perfect yeah, casting, perfect he get the look down, he get the mannerisms on, and even when he's doing the hokey dialogue, it's still 
fits because he is able to add using your term nuance into it though like you know just these, these slight little inflections in the voice and just the cap the, the, the facial you know undertones all that kind of stuff it works right um i didn't expect to see my boy ken leong in this he plays commander so i was like hey you in this yeah, too yeah. weird 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 and of course daniel day king he shot kim sorry he shines as ozaido he is so ruthless he's such an yeah. e-hole and it works right I was also digging the um you know the the supporting cast while well, you see cameos well I should say the guest appearances that show up they get your boy George Takei to play um to play this particular um demon I forgot the name of it right now right but it's this particular Japanese demon he steal faces and whatnot you know I was I was actually supp- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right cool, they, cool. They yeah, they shift, they shift that around. So they right. shift around like when certain characters meet who and why. I was like, okay, there's some alright shifts. I mean, yeah. I get why it's so, it. But it's, it's stuff that's still not that interesting, Jordan. That's what's kind of bo- I, boring. Like, never changes engaging or interesting. It's like, right. Right, I get I, I, I understand. I'll, I'll get to that into like my overall problem with this, right? Um, And then now, as far as Princess UA goes, right? Did not expect to see McGill, Amber, Mid-Thunder, we remember from a little show called right. Prey. Like, I watch yeah, the yeah. eyes, I watch the face, like, hey, you from Pre. And yes, yeah. still looking fine. I love you in this, right? Even though, yes, yeah. her feet is the same that happened in the, in the original show. But I still love seeing she on screen. It was great, though, but I didn't expect to see her there, right? So, point is, I do admire the inclusion of um, Asian and Native American actors into this. Um, well, fun fact: even the lead himself, who plays Ang, he is Filipino American. Like, I, like that, that's cool. And the chick who plays Katara, she is um, Native American. I think even Sokka, um, the actor, is Native American as well. Too. I, I, I have to well, look I, that I, up. I heard. I heard something that he's not. I heard. Oh, yeah. Matter, well, well uh, yeah. yeah. I will. Um, carrying up that it's like. He say that he is part of southern of the Southern Cherokee Nation, but that's not federally federally recognized. I, I'm not really uh-huh. sure what that means, right? But yeah, he look yeah. white, but I, I I can't go out of my way to say that he is pure white, right? That's all I say, right? But yeah, I I, I do yeah. admire the effort in that. And right? I I, I this, yeah, so I mean, I don't follow the man on IG, so I wouldn't know, right? Whatever, right? But and but again, you know, and and also I should mention too, it was great hearing the music as well, especially the, the closing song. I like how they expanded right. from the original series and how they did that was great. Right? I, I love that, right? So the music cues were on point. The, 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 the other, you know, pieces of music was great. Um, I even like the directing as well too. And, and I have to say the VFX, the VFX look, yeah, okay. yeah, it, it looks it look stunning okay. in, in, in most points, right? But just to wrap things up, right? Where, where the show ultimately, and here's it again, I, 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 it's, it's a challenge that I, I know the filmmakers behind the show were, were, were aiming to conquer, but I don't think they, they, they entirely succeeded it, right? And it's understandable, right? I, I would say that, you know, this is the first season, this first season jitters. So hopefully if if a second season is greenlit, which, I mean, it should, um, despite the, the ratings again yeah, right now. Good. I sure does get good ratings. Yeah, sure. and I think the fan base is, is really enthusiastic about it enough and supportive yeah. of it enough that they have to give it one, right? Um, it's not like, oh, when, you know, the movie came out, how every, everybody who called itself an Avatar fan bashed it. Like, everybody who called it, all the fans bashed it. I don't think there was any fan who who really loved the film or liked it, right? But yeah, I, I think, the, the, well, the challenge that was supposed to be met, but they didn't really succeed with is, yeah, is that, is, is, is the whole idea of adaptation in the first place, right? 
I I I do believe, and I think that it is a strong reason going into it in you know greenlighting this in the first place. Is is it's it's more like a, it feels like an apology. It feels like an apology to the fans who had to put up with twenty tens last year and, uh, and probably had to live all their lives thinking, "Wow, like you know this this show can never be adapted to live action." So I guess we should move on. Then when Netflix say, "You know what? Let's take a crack at it." Right? You know, we try with with um Cowboy Bebop and we drop the ball with that. But we get through it with One Piece, so people like One Piece, cool. Right. So let's try it with this, right? So cool. Um, but I feel the problem is is that yes, there's the show that exists, the 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 original show, and then there's this, right? So for those who never saw the show, who never saw the original show, if you look at this and you enjoy it enough, I would say if you enjoy it enough to go back to if, if you enjoy it enough to watch the original series. Mission accomplished. I mean, it, that that is one aspect of the show that I I, I think um, is part of the show itself. I I think that's the reason, uh, one of the reasons behind its existence. I kind of remind people, yeah, you know, the original thing exists, and you should go check it out, and it's great, and you should, and you, you'll probably love it, right? And you could thank this new show here for putting you onto it. Great, no problem, right? But at the same time. It, it it brings up the the, 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 the age old problem of yeah so what's the point of doing it in the first place? Yes, you could say it's an apology for the twenty ten movie, right? That's no problem. I have no problem with that, right? But as you telling me, changes are made and they don't they're not really um significant. They don't really add anything. Then kind of what's the point? I'm not saying that you have to adapt it line by line, scene by scene. But if you're not bringing anything significant, I'm not saying different or new, but something significant to the table, um, then what's the point? Now, I will defend the show and say I do like how it explores certain character arcs and whatnot, right? Especially like with Zuko and Iroh and all that kind of stuff. I, I like that and how they frame it in, you know, it, it, it feels more like you're just watching in movie form there in a sense, right? Like, you know, we, we're seeing why these characters are who they are, right? And I like that, right? But like with everybody else, it's just kind of skimming the surface and not really enough and whatnot. And when you again, when you have the original show which did it so much better, then again, what 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 you really bring into the table, right? So even if you're not a fan, you you, you like for me, um, having not remembered much of the original show, I still sort of watch it like, yeah, it's cool, but it just not rope them in. I found myself paused it numerous times to go and do things and come back, but yep. it just didn't keep me engaged, right? And, I, I, I I just more you know, I just more watching it for the changes. Like okay, saying, okay, okay, they're gonna make some changes, but it, none of the changes like that engaging or interesting. It's a couple of slightly does make things slightly interesting, but none of it was like roping me in. It's, it's only the only the only thing I kinda like and I thought was kinda interesting is what they did with Azula. And I was about it. And she's one of my favorite characters. So like, oh I, yes, yes, yes. And and, and I, I should mention too, great castle with her too. She nailed yeah. the look, even though she was not yeah. there. But when she did, she nailed that look by them eyes, by that that yeah. stone face look that she have there. She nailed that, right? So I would love to see her in the next season, right? But yeah, ultimately, this is this is a decent beginning, right? It's a it's a decent start off. Could have started off stronger, in my opinion, though. But it's a decent start off, right? I don't hate this, but I don't love this either. Um, it's it's fine for what it is, right? But I can understand diehard fans feet being disappointed. I can even imagine people who just marginally familiar with the source material feeling disappointed by it as well too, right? But I don't think it is like unwatchable or bad or like, you know, God forbid, you know, akin to like what M. Night Shabla did back in 2010. I, I really think that they yeah. put way, way more effort into not making the same mistakes that he did, right? But at the same time, it just sort of feels like yeah, we're just doing it over but 
still kind of missing the points and just yeah just just the reason why you know the uh, the, the original show is so revered right i felt they could have captured that yeah. in this one season they're just saying no well, we just set it up we just set it up things and in the next season you'll see why no they gotta set this up right out the gate but they didn't and you know it is what it is so i think i ramble on enough read wise for me i will give this a strong treat i like three and a half out of five right it's a it's a for what it is, and it's on Netflix. There's eight episodes. I would I would actually recommend binging it if, if if you want to, but if you don't feel you need to, I honestly don't blame you. But um, if this ends up being an entry, you know, ends up being like a, a entry point for you to you know go and watch the original series, then great. Then the show succeeded there, right? But still, that that sort of brings up the whole problem in terms of well, why adapt it in the first place? If the original show exists, I think that again, just last re, last I said it one last time. I think it is because of the twenty ten movie that I think that's the reason why this show here exists. Uh, but you know, like apology accepted, great. So let's move on from this now. So here's hoping with the right. next season, we really like dive in, into the reasons why we love Avatar. Or I should say, even if you're not familiar with it, why Avatar is revered as one of the greatest American uh, animated shows of all time. Like that's where that's what this full season could have done. But it was just more like, yeah, we just sort of test the waters here, and we'll see how people like it. And okay, they like it, or they want more. All right, cool. We'll do that in the next season. But they really could have started off stronger. That's the best way I could sum, sum it up. They could have started off a lot stronger with the season here, right? So you could please fans and non fans alike with the season. But uh, they kind of dropped the ball here, unfortunately, right? But I do hope we get season two. But I can wait a while for it. I can wait a while for it. So yeah, you're your final thoughts, Raiden. As I say, I'm I'm somewhat whelmed, right? You know, I kind of because I'm not a hardcore fan of this. I'm sure I would have liked this a lot less, but I do remember or hate um the M Night movie to say way, but I really needed a fix for that. Any kind of way. So I, I sure would have probably not like this if I cared more than than other people. But I, that's about it. It's just it's just uh it feels just underwhelming in general. They they, they seem to miss the point about a couple ideas. Um, and I really really felt we should have get more. They should just think it out better. It don't feel as, as great as it could have been. Um, but that, that is about it. Written, yeah, I probably a 5 out of 10. Um, I just really wish they could have do more with this as it is. And I I, I not followed the discourse on it, not yet. So I'll have to look up and see if people hate this or they don't hate this. Uh, I'll probably get a mixed result. I have no idea. Anyway, that is about it. Uh, moving on. All right. So that being said, Ricardo, where can people find you online? Uh, Bora Armeri on Blue Sky. Uh, then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You can find me there. All right. So ever, ever so often, I'm on X and TikTok, but usually I'm on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, the latter two of which you'll find excerpts from today's episode, along with other episodes of BBB Radio, Retrospect Reviews, BS Beats and Bailey, and Hip Hop Sub 10. And um, yeah, you know I me, mean? whatever um, TV show or movie or album, you know, is worth talking about. Yeah, you know, we will discuss it here on this program. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This was Machi Bailey and... Donna Medina. And we are signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.